how we forgot. We ain't forget. Don't let that bro bitch in, cause she too messy. Who the fuck them broke boys with? Get out my section. Get out my section. Yeah, pull the muscle. God damn, too much flexing. Damn. Caught them in traffic on the accident. We pressing. Got them. Smoking Zaza every second. I be stressing. <laughs> if they ain't trying to beat them, fuck it. Won't you stretch them? Do that. They wipe their nose for that tissue. God bless them. Wipe it. I dropped the four perp. I call that shit Chris Webber. Drink. Take I off. know you niggas want to be me, but it's levels. Bitch. I got the gang tatted on me. That's forever. Gang. Wanna know my moves and all my spots, but I move clever. Move. Wanna know my stash, how much I got, but I ain't gon' tell them. Uh-uh. Push it, push it, run it through it. Get that bag, come on. Go. Titanic yacht, big enough for all my nigga to jump on. on. I know she came with you, but she looking for me to go home. Me. Roll it, discontinued like the drink I used to sip on. So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you're listening That's to right, this. Nigga. This is Matchbidi alongside my critic and partner in crime, Ricardo Medina. Cool. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BBB Radio. And uh, today we have four movies to talk about, right? Um, of, of, of varying genres, but um, just just some stuff that that's really worth talking about, right? So uh, we will talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. That is a Netflix-released uh, war film, or I should say anti-war film. And it's actually um, Germany's submission for the Academy Awards for next year Academy Awards for Best International Feature Film. Oh, yeah, and I want to I want to talk about that. Well, whole as a bride, Oscar, as a bride didn't like, go for Best Film because you know they could they could they, they, it, that shit know. It, it it could you know it yeah 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 I mean I mean if if, if Parasite right you know a, a, a non English language film could win Best Picture um you know I, I would say just just before we jump into that review um this this show have a chance it it have a yeah. chance it have a chance right. But it, it have all the it have all the uh, material there, you know, mean um ready for you know us for for best picture nominee. That that's all I'll say at the moment, right? Uh, also, we will talk about let's just stick with um Netflix again. Um, Enola Holmes two is right. the sequel to the highly enjoyable Enola Holmes from you know 2020. Yeah. Uh, I will talk about Terrifier two. Yes, we know it's a week past since Halloween, but still, you know, I really wanted to talk about um Terrifier two. So uh, and the funny thing is that I actually watched the first Terrifier on Halloween, right? Um, that was the only uh, horror film I could <laughs> I got the chance to watch on that Monday, right? But anyway, so I'll talk about that. And we will also talk about Weird, sure. the Al Yankovic story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh boy, I, I really, really, really can't wait to talk about that, man. But um, before we begin, right, we have to start with some sad news, boy. Um, got, got the news literally... And and it's it's how it came up, eh? like just the morning after Halloween, but just logged on to Facebook and I saw take off like from the Migos. Yeah. Um got shot and killed by on, on yeah. Halloween night, right? Or should say early Tuesday morning and then the news was dropped, right? So I I will kick things off here, right? So for me, um well how I, I how I saw it, um ironically, TMZ was one of the first um people, you know, online publication to, to actually put out that news, right? Right. Like, all right, TMZ. Okay. I, I saw it. I think it? I saw it. I, th- I think I saw it before them. I saw something damn RAP on Twitter, but it was like it. It, 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 it was it was it was it damn RAP or was it damn takeoff? I think it was one of those. Yes, I just saw, I, I, I saw, know it was. I know takeoff was trending. That hashtag was trending. Oh, it was before that. It was because it, it, it was it wasn't verified at, at the time. I I think I found out. So I was like, it only had one guy, some really obscure news site that that put it out before it. Well, you know, these are these obscure people. But you know, if it's at the time, I didn't know if it was bullshit or not. No. So, like, all right. 
Um, right, it right, seemed right. plausible, and I was like, all right, what's going on? Right? And But I was just seeing no evidence, and then they verified it, and they said, all right, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so so once I saw, like, other, um, you know, like, Hip Hop DX, you know, a site that I follow a lot, right? Right. Yeah, once so they put it up, I was like, all right, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and this, this actually shook me, right? And this is coming from somebody who is not even the biggest fan of Migos, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just shook me because um, one of the situation, right? I mean, he was with his, his boys, you know what I mean? Um, of certain Creve, I believe they were yes, they were there. Um, you know, at a dice game over at um, Houston, Texas. It was over at this um, bowling alley, I believe it was. And some some scuffle took place, shots were fired, and well, yeah, I mean takeoff got hit, right? Mm. Um, you know, at, at a point in time people actually thought I, I think there's some like retarded videos, yes, I usually will retarded in this case, video online saying, Oh, it was a hit and oh it was pre planned and all that kind of stuff and yeah, yeah, no all that bullshit is like no or or you know, similar to like what happened to um, to P and B Rocket ticket is oh 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 right, this right. is where he is because you right, put it up on you're social media, right, right, so you'll yeah, follow yeah. him ah, right? So it's it's not like that, right? But um yeah, this 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 was really unfortunate, man. And I think really really, really because one, um, you know, of his age. You know, I mean, he is he is twenty eight years old, and you know, yeah. like like many other, um, like actually for for this decade so far, man. I mean, just you know, these rappers died at such a young age, right? Um, not even reaching twenty five, like say a Tupac or a Biggie, right? But right. you know, in this case, he he gone past it, right? But the takeoffs case, I mean, like the, the 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 sad part about it is for me when I hear these these stories, is that you just know that even though they did so much in their career, there was there was so much more that they could be done, right? Right. And you know, um, I they, I, I go in as far as seeing you know the man could have at least had you know had to start his own family and all that kind of stuff. There, but yeah. like no, all that got stuffed out, you know. Yeah, I you know that, that's the thing. I, I hear it from one son. He was the least problematic of the group. Um... He yeah, the, he, but what they say, he was the most humble out of the out of the three. Yeah, he was, right? he was the chill one. Usually, he kind of laid back one for on the sun. So that yeah. way, it was so shocking as, as like a dice game. And I, at first, I thought he was playing. And he was just oh well, he was just there. And it was just like again, you know, bad company, unfortunately. Um, but in a bad space. And like yeah, like why? Yeah, is that it's 2022? We we really doing dice games still, Jared? Like you serious? Uh, I, I I know, but yeah. it's it's, it's kind of like with dominoes. Like it's this. Uh, sorry to say this is is a hood thing. You know, when you're from the the area, it's just something that you do. You know what I mean? I don't but know. I, I I don't know the logistics of dice games. You know? I mean, I know Dave Chappelle made fun of it before in the Chappelle show, yeah. but I yes. don't know the, the you know like for 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 men to just say, all right, fuck it, let me just do a, let me just have a little dice game and hey, I throw an X amount of cash on the table. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, don't think, I don't know. Right? Dice game, yeah. dice game, almost always sketchy because again, it's cash and the question is how much cash jumping up and. Normal thing, no. like it ties the problem. The second money jump up with that again with this kind of this kind of level of money, you think men is still on dice game nonsense, boy. And it's it real weird and unfortunate, and it's a bad look because yeah. my thing is that at the same time, even though I do think I think it's it's pretty like you know kind of gross to like bring up quote unquote gangster culture and so on. So at the same time, it's like, yeah, this just seem like one of those unfortunate, like like you know, avoidable situations now or unforced errors. It, it comes, it really comes across like that. Um, in my opinion, again, I'm not you know trying to disparage the name or, or you know, but for the for the culture, you know, all that stuff. But like, yeah, like guys, come on, you you serious? They go when I hear dice game, I'm like, what dice game? No, really? I, don't know. I, I know, right? Because um, I, I think for me, well, you have to forgive us, guys. You know, we from the Caribbean, we don't know anything, right? When you hear dice game, you're just thinking, oh, is is men who don't have the amount of money that, see a, a group like Migos does, right? So right. Migos, you know, if, 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 since they have new money, you know, just to quote the lyric from um from, from Bada Bougie, right? Um, 
it's almost like dice games are beneath them. It's, it's almost like yeah, I don't know. like it's that. A, like, these are men who should be playing poker. No? But I mean, it's not about what they were playing or what they were involved right. in. It's, it's just the situation. That that that's really yeah. what it is. We're not saying exactly, that they exactly. can't play dice, right? But whatever. Right. But, but like, yeah, um, like I don't understand why something like a, like a dice game would escalate to the way it does. Like we have to talk and address the whole thing. It's like it, it really come across like a typical dice game. Like you're serious? Why? Like, why are you still playing? Anyway, whatever. he wasn't playing, but yeah, he did. And why? And it's a bowling alley. Like, what? What? Is it? what? I, I, I know, I know. Yeah. I know. But, but just, just, a, just, a, just a few things for you, right? So um, I, I would confess, again, you know, not the biggest fan of Migos, right? But right. there is no denying when it comes to, like, 21st century hip-hop, um, Migos is, yeah, one of the most influential rap groups out there, right? I mean, they, they, they popularized... The, the triplet flow. I mean, the triplet flow existed for years, folks, uh, for decades, but they put it in such a, a level yeah. that many other rappers followed it, right? That sort of robotic da, 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 kind of style. Now, that, that's yeah. what they perfected, especially on that album, um, Culture, which, yeah, easily is their best album, like, like bar none, right? Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the sad thing about it with, with Takeoff now is that, um, well, you know, recently he and Quavo, uh, um, his uncle, I believe it is, you know, dropped an album called Only Built for in, in, um, Infinity Links, right? I remember uh, we was making a joke of all the ripping off uh, Rayquan's, you know, album cover for Only Built for Cuban Links. But I heard after the fact that, yeah, Rayquan, they, they had Rayquan's lessons, right? So it's cool, right? Right. I actually listened to the album, well, unfortunately, after his death. And, yeah, the album is pretty solid, though. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, Takeoff's, you know, performances on that album, yeah, they, 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 they totally work, right? Um, and, again, you know, me him being the humblest rapper in, in the group, right? But still, though, again, it's just so unfortunate that it's him out of all people, though. Like, you know, yeah. um, you know, one of the one of the members of one of the most influential rap groups, I would say, of all time, right? And last one I'll say, though, uh, well, a couple of things I would say, though, um, the reactions, though, um, some some really stood out to me. Case in point, there's a, there's a really, there was one that was trend, um, that was popular, that was spreading around on, on social media with um, designer of all people. Like, right. he had a legit meltdown on IG live because of what happened, you know. Yeah. Man, to the point of just screaming and saying, he done, he done with rap, he done with that. And, yeah, people was laughing at that. He's like, dog, nothing's funny about that, Dredd. Nothing's funny about it. Way. Exactly. That's real fucked up, Dredd, you know? Yeah. Um, Even Master P. Master P, you know, a veteran, come and say something. Like, people were speaking out there, even Buster Rhymes and all, too. Um, he actually put out a, a, a music video for one of his tracks off of his... um. ELE2 album now that, that featured uh, Mary J. Blige. And uh, I haven't watched it as yet, but he did say that he was going to pay tribute to, um, to take off. So, yeah, yeah, for all we know, that will be the first video tribute to um, to take off. Well, at least first video to acknowledge his passing, right? And last thing I'll say before we get to your thoughts, Ricardo, um, but is the bigger picture that, you know, has opened up, right? You know, in terms of, um, you know, um, taking into accountability the kind of lifestyle that that rappers you know sing about and rap about right, right. you know to the to, but to, to the to the uninitiated now they would say oh well you know because they rap about drugs and lean and guns and shit right? yeah i mean oh, it's, it's... he deserved that but like no that's that's not the point right yeah but you know it's a, it's you, you're not point. from atlanta you're not from that area so you don't know how hard it was for them you don't know the struggles that they went through to reach where it is they reach and if it yeah, is yeah. well hey we we good at rapping about this then that's what we're gonna do. Fine. I mean, it's right. it's just how it is. It's capitalism. It's America, right? This is America. Right. So you can't go and point the blame and blame it on rap music and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, at I, the same time, there is, right. you know, just a violent nature about that that um that genre, unfortunately, that really does need to be addressed though. But it's a very, very hard discussion to you know, right. it's it's a hard thing to really discuss though, but I just wanted to 
bring it up, right? But yeah, Ricardo, your your thoughts on you know Tico's passing and you know the bigger picture, if you will. Yeah, no, it really it really sad and unfortunate. I didn't I, again. It, it shocked me as well. I was like, you know, again because it's so problematic. Again, it's it's one of those I don't know. It's a situation where you put yourself in a kind of moral hazard, kind of situation. It get hot and it could get hot at any time. But the question is, well, wh- why they celebrating? I think they have guns on them, like. You know, little simple things like that, right? And at the same time, again, not not disparaging anything, but you're right about the, the whole disparaging point. Like, on the one end, yes, it's reflection of, you know, violent lifestyle, blah, blah, blah. Most of, we could debate if it's the chicken. It's a, it's, for, for many people, it's that kind of chicken and egg argument about whether or not, you know, you're singing about it or is it you're, refle- you're, you're embracing it or not, right? And the answer is kind of both, right, in a sense. And uh, this, the actor, Lakeith Stanfield, made a point about it. It's like, yeah, on the one end, you should, we should really not like, be celebrating it in this kind of way. You know? Like, it's a, you gotta be, you gotta watch yourself. You made a very, and I think you made a reasonably nuanced, and I hope people read it charitably statement about that. Um, when it comes to just thinking about it, as, as they say, it's, it's fine and that if you're, refle- you're talking about the reflection of the culture, but you know, how much you're glorified or not. I don't think, I never really put take off in that space, though, to be fair. That's the whole thing. It's not like, you know, he's not a particularly, uh, you know, violent rapper or anything like that. Yeah, like he there, Migos does reflect that, to be fair. But it's not the the same conceit, like in the same way. It's, it, it just, from what I understand, under these circumstances, it was just largely an accident. Um, it, it's an accident that was avoidable. I, I would probably think so, maybe. But it was an accident in the end of the day. It was like he was, you know, checking shit or pushing shit. But like, why it escalated in the first place is, again, you had to ask that question, right? Or why does you would be in a situation where something like that could escalate. And, you know, he probably just didn't think that would have happened. Like, is, like, is, you know, is he normal and just chilling out to friends the Halloween night, you know, lime in there? So, I don't know. It's unfortunate. But it's a shame. It's a really, really, really unfortunate and sad. Yeah, it is. It is. It is. So, I mean, for what it is, though, rest in peace, take off. Um, mm-hmm. I, I do imagine a lot of people will be checking out that Holy Bill for Infinity Links now. Um, well, right now, I know Messi, um, that's one of the lead singles that's been trending, you know, right because of his death, um, ironically, right. right? But yeah, I mean, if, if you get a chance, I mean, give it a listen. It's it's actually pretty, pretty good, man. Like, like surprisingly good, right? Yeah, I, I only like started getting to them because they, they, they went under the tutelage of, uh, well, well it, it seemed like that, you know, they kind of, kind of came under the wing of, of Pharrell. Um, and that is when I really started to take them a lot more seriously. Like I, I like I like um the song with, with Gucci Mane and you know it's only really two or three of the tracks. Oh, um, like, it's by um slippery, slippery right. thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, 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 I forget the one you want with Bag with the family. That's the most popular one. That that, that one. And then stir fry. I like I really like stir fry. So. Um, no, that just that hook though in the kitchen yeah. in the middle with the stir fry. Yeah, like, yeah, like, it's that, a, it's that, a, that's it's catchy. A, yeah, it's a and true they classic. performed that at SNL by the way. I forgot to mention that they right. performed that at SNL. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, but it's it really it really sad. It really really unfortunate and sad. But it, to me again, it's one of those yeah, again you could we could it probably could get into like a large argument involving guns. Me like I, I think that's like, like probably like a big cause of like why these fellas had guns on them at the time or why does that that had to escalate the way it did you know because of that. Yeah, and, and, still, and like, then just, again the well the you know the nature of you know hip hop now. Oh well, you know when I going out, I I had a had the tool on me because you know I know if some man go want to pull up on me, that kind of vibe. Right, now. right. yeah. You know, shit, I, I, shit, shit that we've been hearing from since the nineties, right? Let me be uh, real. Since yeah, since time immemorial hip hop. I mean, it's unfortunately a crime aesthetic, and and a sold aesthetic. And then there's a deeper argument involving like, okay, so I know everybody hating on Kanye West, but he again, it's kind of like Chappelle and the, the trans trans issue thing, where there's a deeper argument to be involved in terms of like who making money from this and why it is that this aesthetic was pushed. 
and so on and so forth. And again, it's, it, you know, unfortunately, uh, sadly, uh, you know, you can't have heat without light. So, sorry, you can't have light without heat, as they say. So, uh, we will see, we'll see with that going forward. I don't know. Again, it's, it's really sad, but, you know, I don't know. I, I can't say anything more than that than Russ and Peter. Because it's an argument yeah, yeah. that I'm not educated to argue, and I want to see more people get into this deeper. It's have deeper discussions to have, unfortunately. With with this, you know, unfortunately, it take tragedies to bring it up. But you know, you know, uh, yeah. Right. And if I could just say one last thing before we move on, though, um, it it's just really like kind of strange and just messed up, though. Like you know, for the past few years, though, you know, what I mean, rappers have been losing their lives like that. Um, what right. is XXXTentacion or? Um, you know, Pop Smoke, for example, a perfect right. example there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just young rappers who just losing their lives to violence, right? Like I thought, you know, ironically that we were past this since you know the days of Biggie yeah, and too. Tupac yeah. and Big yeah. L and you know, um, I always say Run DMC, um, you know, um, Jamasa J, like Jam Asa G, yeah. past yeah. that, you know what I mean? But no, like in the 2020s, this shit's still going on, though, and that yeah. that that's really something worth addressing, right? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, for what it is, why rest in peace, take off, boy. I mean, yeah, right. the hip hop will really, really felt that loss, boy. I mean, mm-hmm. re- regardless of whether you like the Migos or not, though, I I seen personally as someone who is not the biggest fan of them. Right. I know that there was so much more that this man could have done in his lifetime, boy. But mm-hmm. <sighs> it is what it is. Yeah. So let's move yeah. on. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So um, let's talk about. Terrifier 2. Okay, sure. So yeah. I, I keep I hear about this. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I heard a lot about it. So like, all right, let me give it a chance. Yeah, well, that's the thing. That that's the thing is the word of mouth aspect about this show though, that that drew me into it. Eh? Because I would not have even known about Terrifier or Terrifier 2 if it wasn't for just the the buzz that was that, that was um you know um spurring online, right? Um. Because for me, I don't seek out, you know, indie horror films that much, right? You know, it, it just had to have that extra something, or it had to have that 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 sort of like level of critical reception for me to be like, okay, let me check that out, right? But especially in the slasher genre, you know what I mean? Because like when it comes to these slashers, you know, the ones that that unfortunately you know draw my attention are like the ones like Halloween and you know, like I just talked about Halloween Kills, you know, in a, in a few episodes ago, which, yeah, um, you know, sorry, Halloween Ends, sorry, right, you know, which which absolutely sucked, right? But yeah, Terrifier, I was like, all right, what's this Terrifier thing, right? And then I, I learned that, okay, this is, you know, based off of a sequel from a movie from 2016, right? Obviously called Terrifier, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, because I am not a horror connoisseur, I would not have known about this, right? But um, I actually checked it out for Halloween. I wanted to do like a double feature, but I only got the chance to watch the first one, right? And I saw why people, like, responded to that, you know, positively, if you will. But when I say people, I mean, like, just diehard horror fans. Because that's what that show is aiming for. It's aiming for go-ahead people who just love to see blood and guts, right? And this is actually, um, well, funny enough, right? This is actually uh, directed by Damien Leone, right? So he actually right. did um, a anthology film called All Hallows Eve back in 2013, right? One of the films that he made involved, you know, this character called Art the Clone, right? Who would be the antagonist of Terrifier 1 and 2, right? I think that he did this um, Indiegogo, not Kickstarter, it wasn't Kickstarter, I think it was Indiegogo um, campaign now uh, to get funds to make Terrifier, right? And right. well, it actually works. So he, the man actually make a film, right? Now, see it for myself, right? I admire the show for what it is, right? It is a throwback to specifically E.T.'s schlocky. Um, slasher films, right? right? And you know, it's it's funny that he's tapping into that particular um era, right? 
because yeah, this is our only time where, believe it or not, you know, as as you know, the the late great Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel would say, they literally used to be one of these slasher films every single week, right? Right. And they they were they are like one like two like in um legendary, right? It was like two of the biggest detractors of the slasher genre back in the eighties, right? right? Yeah, Roger Ebert actually defended the first um uh, Halloween, right? You know, and and rightfully so, right? Mainly because you know Jimmy of Jimmy Lee Curtis, right? Who just not being a victim, she actually fights back, right? But yeah, their criticism of those films, like you know, um, like with stuff like say, don't go into the house, or um, uh, uh what's the other one? Um, the the Friday Friday Thirteenth series, or Silent Night Deadly Night, which is getting a kind of a remake, so um, of of sorts, um, next month with uh, with your boy David Harbour, right? Yeah, they they were kind of like anti-slasher film. They were like, oh, it's it's tasteless and it's crass, and it is yeah. promoting violence against women and all that kind of stuff, right? Now, because I am not the biggest, biggest, biggest fan of slasher films, I can't defend those films, right? I just go into them expecting to get some sort of like visceral experience. Like I want to feel scared. I want to feel a sort of attention to it, right? But in no way am I watching this thing to to see women get slaughtered, right? I just want to get out of the room, right? But it seems like Damien know th- knows this, right? But he's still playing to those, like, you know, like, he, you know, it's, it's almost like he's kind of going, like, he's giving the fans what they want, but he's also kind of taking the piss out of people who just hate that style of um, of, of horror, right? Because, yeah, um, in, in that first film, though, um, there's some really, like, gruesome fucking deaths in that show, though. One involving a woman and a hacksaw. That's all I'll say. It is beyond gross. But I was like, all right. I see what this guy is going for. It is a splatter film. It is that schlocky, over-the-top, just gory, non-stop gory kind of stuff, right? And that's what it is, right? But the main problem that I had with that film, and, you know, a lot of people have with the film, even though it got, you know, fairly um, great, good reviews, is that there wasn't really that much of a story to it. It was just, oh, it's this demonic clown who just walks around on Halloween night with a garbage bag, with a bunch of tools and... He just runs into random people and kills them, right? You know, it's the problem that I have with Michael Myers in the Halloween series. It's yeah. just a guy who walks around and kills people for no reason, right? But I will say that the actor though, who plays, um, who plays, uh, let me get the name again, right, right, who plays Addy Clown, David Howard Thornton. I thought that, yeah, he, he was great in, in that film, right? Yeah, because um, what, one thing, what, what makes Addy Clown stand out as far as, um, as far as clown villains go, right? And yeah, I mean, the perfect example to compare him to is Pennywise, right? From from yeah. the It films, right? Is that he does not see anything. He's he's pretty. He's practically a mime, right? Yeah. So yeah, he would like taunt you. He will like laugh at you, tease at you. But yeah, when he's killing people, he has like this ridiculous smile on his face. And then like when he's when when he's watching his victims squirm or scream and bleed out to death, he's like laughing at them now. But there's no voice because again, he's playing a mime now, and that just adds a like a really deeply dis- um, disturbing level to this character though. but yeah it, it kind of draws it into it though, you know so like if you just have a dark sense of humor you will you will like this character right but yeah, yeah. again going back to the first film um it was just very light on story it was just situations characters get involved and blah 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 right and that was then there's some supernatural elements that really would explain in that film right but it led to the sequel that we have here right now with Terrifier too, right? Um, this is what I would say. It, it uh, the two shows are compared to. This is like the Evil Dead two and the Conjuring two of this Terrifier series. Where, yeah, um, Damien get a bigger budget. He's being a lot more ambitious now in terms of the the story and the scares and whatnot. Um, but like compared, but like similar to to the Conjuring two now. 
uh, the runtime of this is pretty long. Um, this movie clocks in at about two hours and 18 minutes, right? I'll talk about that that runtime in a bit, right? But yeah, what the show is about in a nutshell is that, yeah, I mean, there's been a year has passed since, you know, the, what they call the Miles County Massacre, where, um, yes, on that one night of Halloween, um, Art went around killing people, and then eventually right. he shot himself in the head, slight spoiler, and he was carried to the morgue, but hey, he actually is alive, right? And, well, the show kind of starts from there, right? And I actually do pretty int- something interesting in that film now, where there was um, one of the victims of the film, um, Victoria, right? Who actually survives now, but her face is like like severely mutilated, right? Uh, she shows back up again, but um, it kind of continues from that point on, right? Um, and I'm not gonna say what happens to her there at that, um, you know, for now, right? Uh, but we pretty much introduce these new characters, right? So we have um, Sienna Shaw, who is played by Lauren Lavera. Um, first time I hear about her, um, she has a she's she has a, a younger brother who is pretty much obsessed with uh, the clown. And yes, it is set during Halloween time, so yeah, everybody getting ready to 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 go out and do the thing, right? But she has this hang up now where you know her father passed away, but he sort of knew something about art as well too, and it it's kind of hinted that he was kind of like setting him up to like he was going up against him at some point in time, but like he didn't he didn't live he didn't live long enough. So eventually, that that burden kind of passes on to see um Sienna now, and right. yeah, as I said before, um you know Art you know just gets back up, to, um he leaves the morgue now and resumes his killing, right? But in the process now, he runs into a younger clone, right? Uh, uh just uh, okay. well, what we call the little peel girl. That's what it's called on on Wikipedia, right? It's implied that this is his daughter, but they don't really say, unfortunately, but. She has similar clown makeup, um, and you know she is just as psychotic as him, right? But the thing is, uh, as you see, as you set up earlier on, she is not real. She's just a figment of art's imagination, right? Okay. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, 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 it's weird. It's weird, right? Again, so yeah, in, in between kills, though, he would just see this girl, and you know, it, he he kind of so acts have, like a father. So they played, they played, they played, they played a degree of psychosis, but for the clown, she's a yeah, it's, but from it's, his it's, perspective, it's weird. Yeah, it's, right. it's really weird. It's really weird. It's really weird, right? And just to jump into this review here, boy, um, this shit is weird, boy, but in a in a good way, in a really admirable and ambitious way, boy. Because yeah, um, Damien pretty much kind of answers, you know, he 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 uh, actually like the fact that he took the criticism of the first film very well, whereas like yeah, like right. on story, like on characters, right? And here you see, here's what I can give all your protagonists that you will care about. I'll give you enough backstory to understand where Sienna is coming from, why she's the way she is, blah, blah, blah. Um, why the brother is so obsessed about art and all that kind of stuff. And yeah, in terms of, well, art himself is this, yeah, um, why he is the way he is, right? Um, there, there's hints as at, at the way, as to where his um his his origin came from. So case in point, there is um I forget what you call it. It's, it's basically a Turin show, but one of those like you know filmed um, like in a in a set kind of shows you know where you have the background and you have like you know the actors come out and sing songs in front of a of a live audience. It's it's that type of of of, of show right. that it was, right? But right. it's never really stated what happened. But like it, it although it, it kind of funny, it reminds me a lot of um, of Nope. No, it's implied that something really brutal and violent took place involving art, and maybe he flew, he escaped in the process, right? So yeah, there's something involved. Um, left it, 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 it's something suggested in terms of that, right? Now, in terms of flaws, I just had to get the flaws out of the way, right? I do understand that it is a genre of horror, right? So, 
you could get away. I mean, I made this comment before. Um, uh, perfect example when I talked about uh, men, right? Where yes, you can leave certain things out in the open. You can leave things ambiguous, right? And you can leave it to the audience to figure out. Oh, this is why this happened, right? But there's some right. things in this show that aren't explained at all, and it's just kind of just there to kind of lead the story along. So case in point, that same TV show, for example, you don't know what happened. You don't know if Art like killed everybody, because I mean, surprise, surprise, everybody died in that, right? But you don't know if yeah. he killed them or not, right? And then there's also a thing involving Sienna, and she has. She has dreams, so yes, she actually she actually has a dream of that same show, right? But is this extended dream sequence? Now I'll talk about um you know um the the runtime in a bit now. I they're kind of wondering if this is like a vision of the past or something. You're not sure because she's involved in it, and there's also something involving she dad and you know this particular weapon that he had. Apparently, it was supposed to kill him. Right. It's the only way to kill him, but they never really say how that is the case and all that kind of stuff. So in a nutshell, you know, like while I do praise the ambition, there are a few, you know, plot points that are that could have just been properly fleshed out. Cause it can't just tell me, well, you know, just run with it. The show is weird, right? You know, it's 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 a it's a slasher film. You know, nobody cares about story anyway. But no, because you spend a lot of time setting that up. Sorry, a considerable amount of time setting that up. Yeah, you had to kind of justify it in the payoff though. Even right now to the kid um to the the the, the kid, the little peel giggle that art sees. We we still don't know who she is, right? Um, exactly. Right. It's, it's it's like that, right? But you know, again it's horror, so you know it's up you do it's up you, you gotta leave it to the imagination. Uh, not all the time. Some shit you had to explain, right? And I wish I could have done that there, right? And the reason why I really say this too is because yeah there there, there are some moments that just like come like unexpected though like you know like like yes it's to 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 get the story ruling and whatnot right but it just kind of logically makes no sense though you know what I mean and it's just weird it, it it almost took me out in the show a few times do those logic holes but still I was like all right let me just see where the where the show plays out right um and especially in the end can we get a post credit scene that's just so batshit weird and crazy though but yeah again it's just a setup for the third one right but still it just like logically makes no sense right and I would say well that particular moment without spoiling anything um it I, I felt like it was more like shock value more than anything else though but still you can you, you could explain that because yeah that shit made no sense right that being said well yeah before and last gripe now um, the runtime itself, two hours and eighteen minutes, right? Um, while I do admire the runtime, while I do admire the effort put into fleshing out some of the characters, right? Uh, it could drag. It does feel like it drags in certain points, right? And that's not to say that you don't get your kills, right? Because yeah, you get a lot of kills in this, right? I'll get to that in a bit, right? But yeah, um, I'm not saying that the runtime is punishing or you know it, it's way too long, right? But right. you know, uh, because and uh, I, I had to put the blame on Damien for this one because yeah, he edited the film, right? Yeah, uh, I, I know you you want to be big and bold and ambitious with the sequel, but you could you, you, you could uh, just dial it back by about a ten minutes, just just about a ten minutes, and you know, because I have no problem with him passing the two hour marker, but two hours and eighteen, bro. Uh, I I don't know for a slasher film, uh, but that, that again that really remind me of you know, the Conjuring two, which was a longer film than than the first one, right? But again, bigger budget and you want to do big things, right? So you know it's it's that, right? So to get to the good, yes, um, this is a bigger, better, much more improved sequel, 
you know, much more improved film, I should say, um, compared to the original one, right? Um, you know, just in terms of direction, um, cinematography, acting. Yeah, it, it just stepped up considerably, boy, since that last film. It's like, again, like Damien just kind of, you know, just self-consciously look at the, the first film and it's like, all right, what, what can I do better, Trent? And the man do it. Somehow he get more money and, you know, he, he just put it to this film, right? But, you know, be, it being a splatter film, you know where the money went into right. the practical effects. And yes, the practical effects are amazing in this. I would say stellar in this, right? Uh, um, even if you're not a horror fan, Dredd, you will be impressed by the kind of shit this man pull off, Dredd. I, I didn't even know, well, I could uh, just read up quickly what the budget is. Um, I see in is 250000 uh, Yeah, 250000 though. Wow, that really Yeah. Yeah. And That's this show so far has been... Yeah, and this this show so far has made ten million in the box office. So yeah, uh, 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 in the darling right here, no wonder people talking about it, right? And uh, just to get into yeah, why people talking about it? Yeah, this shit is violent EF. It is bloody. It is gory. It is disgusting. It is brutal. And I was just in all of all of that uh, this is coming from somebody who is not even the biggest fan of what i would call gorno films right that's like yeah. stuff like say saw or hostel where yeah you know you could kind of tell that like, the director kind of Co- reveling in seeing people yeah gorno, yeah torture right? porn torture porn john yeah even yeah. though i still defend the first the first the first saw i defend the first saw right yeah, me too yeah, yeah. yeah i still like the first saw yeah yeah, but like, like even like that show, for example, like what that was able to do with its budget, though, you know what I mean? It it works, right? Yeah. And yeah, I mean, in this film, Dread, you get some genuine scares in this too, and I, I really love how they they build tension in it, right? Because it just could, easy could have been blood and guts for the sake of blood and guts, but nah, they they build tension very well, though. And just to touch um on on, on in terms of that, now um again, David Howard Thornton plays Adi Clown, but he shines in this too. He is both menacing and funny at the same time though it, it's kind of weird to use those two tools but yeah you know he, he really does act like a clone you know what I mean he is and you know a mime you know he's he's doing stuff to get your attention like oh look at this let me pull this out of my pocket he's, he's doing that right and i like although it does border on gratuitous right i like how he kind of uh, methodically goes after his victims right? like he will he will just kind of poke at first and poke at and do it, do it, do it, do it until they get annoyed. And then when you think, oh, that's it, the man will just come up from behind you and just start a slaughter your dread. And he's the type of person that he will take his time with his slaughtering dread. Like, he will just, like, break bones. He will rip off flesh. And he will just keep going and going and going, right? But what I love doing, I don't know, I guess it's just me and my dark sense of humor. It always has a great payoff. It always yeah. has this nice little visual gag that it all ends up with, right? And <laughs> it works, you know what I mean? But it all depends on on just how much you could stomach, right? So, yeah, yeah if you could stomach all the blood and stuff like that, uh, once the payoff comes off, it's like, yeah, this, this totally works, right? But yeah, but on, to touch on the blood of God, so yeah, um, this, of course, is not going to be everyone's cup of tea, Dredd. Um, this, this, this borders on... This, this, I would say, this off the violence alone, this, this long pass I had, our dread. Um, yeah. this, this kind of borders on NC-17. I would say uh, yeah, X, that, if you wanna, if yeah. you wanna go back to that era, right? Yeah, this is like a rated X kind of thing, right? Wow. Okay. Um, but for me, for me, I, I actually like, like, I wasn't like totally sickened by it, and I would say if, if I don't know, like for me, it, it's just because I, I was just amazed at the craft of it all, right? Because again, you're just thinking of something so low budget and how he was just able to pull it off, right? 
And you know, you could say, well, that's all props and all that kind of stuff. But no, there's there's some moments where you you, you genuinely have to admire the craft. Like there's there's little to nothing here that looks fake, right? Uh, or or I would say, despite the buckets of blood that you see here, um, everything kind of looks real in terms of like the victims and you know all that kind of stuff. That's what I mean, right? But yeah, um, I would say just in closing, if you know it again yourself into yeah, you could just sit through this film and just enjoy it for what it is, man. Um, I was hearing about, you know, oh, and I, I like that demon uses for the marketing of this film. Yeah, uh, people in cinemas were fainting and were vomiting. And, right, yeah, you know, this is all the time. This is all the time. There was that from since, like, what, like, last house on the left from, like, well, the uh, no, um, we call it by uh, Paranormal Activity. What's a big one, right? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, we watched the film that, you know, people were, were freaking right, out. And, and, and they, show, they show candid footage, they show candid camera footage of a bunch of people melted down in the, in the audience. That was yes, I, I remember that, yeah. That, yeah. That, was, that was a great bit, yeah. Um, but yeah, you have to go in knowing what to expect, right? And for me, I just admire the hell out of the fact that this man, Damien Leone, say, hey, this is the shit I want to make. If you don't like it, back out, right? This is not for you, right? And despite the, the gorno level of, you know, violence in it, right, it still is a rather enjoyable horror film. Like, you'll watch it and yeah. you will have fun. You know, any way that you enjoy watching horror films of this nature, you go in and you have a blast, right? And even despite the length, I still was just enjoying it, right? Because, yeah, it is, at the end of the day, a love letter to 80s horror film. is a love letter to slasher films. And just in terms of slasher films, um... Thanks to this film, boy, uh, the clown dread is like a certified like icon dread in terms of horror cinema. I would say that right off the bat. People might say, eh, we need a third film for him to be certified. Nah, this second film definitely yeah. have him up there. He's up there with with the ranks of say like you know a Mike Myers or um or Jason Voorhees. Right? He will right. go down as one of the most iconic slasher characters ever put to screen, but you know what I mean? So yeah. Judging by, by my reaction to this, yeah, I enjoyed this show for what it was, man. Um, again, for what it is, right? It knows exactly what it is, right? So rating-wise, as a guilty pleasure, okay, yeah, I, I would easily say this is one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies of the year. And again, this is coming from somebody who's not even a fan of this style of horror, right? Yeah, uh, decent or strong four, man. Uh, four out of five, sorry. Yeah, nice. yeah, this is how you improve on your first film. This is what you do when you get a bigger budget. Yeah, you just go all out on, on, on your serve trend, you know what I mean? Um, and yeah, I would just love to see its legacy in the long run. I, I do see this as a, a staple of, you know, Halloween, you know, v, um, film viewing. You know, you just watch the first two films. I know you're going to get a third one. I'm not sure when exactly, but... I, I, I have a feeling like if Damien just stick to his guns, man, the man could have like a solid like horror series under his belt, man. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, you know, clearly as somebody coming from the indie scene, man, um, I just wish him nothing but the best for this man, man. In, in, you know, in his career, man. The man just come and say, yo, I just can to take it back to that style of film that had men like Roger Ebert and Gene Siskel, you know, um, saying, oh, ban these movies. Right? I, I go in all in on that shit. Right? And if you don't like it, if you have a, if you have a weak stomach, yeah, th this shit ain't for you. But if you are into that style of, 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 of horror films, if you just want to see what the hype is, and most importantly, if you have a strong stomach, yeah, by all means, definitely check out Terrifier too, man. All right, so let's move to Netflix for a while now. Um, let's talk about All Quiet on the Western Front. Uh, Ricardo, if you don't mind, I want you to do the synopsis for this, right? Sure. Yeah, so pre-ramble, right? Um, I never read the, the, the novel for, for, this, um, for this film, right? 
but I did see the 1930 film, right? Um, okay. This was actually one of the, well, one of the first films that I saw when I first got cable, when I was introduced to TCM, and TCM just introduced me to so much great classic movies. Yeah, this was one of the first films that I saw there, right? And um, even though it's been ages since I saw that film, I, I just remember really, really loving that film, though. Because, um, yeah, I mean, compared to other war films I saw, this was specifically an anti-war film, right? You know, it right. was just really showing the horrors of war. And, you know, it was amazing that they did this in, you know, 1930, right? The pre-code era, right? Um, if there's one shot that I do remember um, out of this film, um, is that final shot, though. And it's just this, yeah. it's just basically a hand and... There's right next to him, right right next to that hand is a rifle and there's a there's a um there's a butterfly so the the, the soldier is reaching out to the butterfly now and he collects a shot you just hear this gunshot blow and then the, the hand mm-hmm. goes down and the butterfly flies away and that is just how they end that movie that that scene in particular like just really st- stuck out to me but that was just so amazing right um but yeah um this was just such a powerful film, though. It's it's just a shame that I never rewatched it, right? But yeah, that just that final shot um always slow to me, right? So I was surprised when Netflix dropped the first trailer for this, right? And right. seeing mm-hmm. well, like all right, okay, right. Netflix can start the Oscar race early, okay, okay. But what makes this show pretty interesting now is that it is a well, well, not just the second remake of it. Well, sorry, I should say the third, um, the third. Film version of it, right? Incarnation yeah. of it, right? Because mm-hmm. there was actually a TV version that came out, I believe, it was 1979, right? Right. But yeah, um, this film is actually uh, German, right? Because the, the original yeah. film is American, primarily American, right? even though it is set in World War One. It involves you know Germany against France, right? But yeah, yeah in this case here, this version is actually well, you know, German made, right? Um, yeah. and that makes it pretty interesting too. And I believe well, the director himself, um, uh, what's his name by um. Edward Berger, yeah, pretty specifically wanted to make this film from a more German perspective. Like, yeah, right, right. I really want to show you what these guys went through back then. And that really makes it interesting, right? And last thing, last, before we get to, to your, um, well, if you have anything to say on the, on the original film. Um, yeah, this, this, this film is, um, was submitted actually for the Academy Award, for next year's Academy Award, sorry, for Best International Feature Film, right? And right. Um, you know, yeah, I mean, this it makes perfect sense, and not just because it's from Germany, but because you know the the story of this film is just so timeless. You know, what I mean, it's just such a powerful story, right? Um, even though, to be fair, when I get to my totally film, uh, it is familiar. You know, we've seen this, you know, these stories told time and time again. Um, right. A perfect example is 1917, right? Where, right. yeah, this show borrow, well borrows, I would say, or is inspired by or vice versa. Well, well we, can, we can talk about we can talk about that because it's one of those feedback loop things. Exactly, it, yeah. exactly. There's a feedback loop kind of thing. You could see stuff like, yeah, 917 did this better, but, right. well, it is from, you know, uh, you know, based off of from, from 1930. So maybe, you know, Sam Mendes watched that film and, you know, did right. that, uh, you know, copy it or replicate yeah, it. Yeah, it's Bongsback, it's Bongsback with each other. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that is an like easy, easy criticism, you know, when it comes to right. films of this nature and, you know, especially where it's set and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, Ricardo, take it away. Um, have you seen the the, the film? I watch. I've seen actually old, the both both old versions actually, um, but a long time ago. Like I, I watch it, vaguely remember it, and then uh, the more recent one I watch and I vaguely remember it. But I, it's it's one of those war films that I know is a big one, but it don't stick with me. Um, like other war films, like I I prefer stuff like Come and See or uh, you know, Son of Soul or something like that. I don't know. Mm, um, yeah. This I like I like it, but it don't it didn't stick with me. 
um, it will stick with me as much as the others. And you know, and then well, 1917 kind of came, and you know, is the to me is the workable template of where you do it modern war films. Um, so I don't know, but yeah, we will yeah. talk about this new one. Uh, right, but yeah, yeah. Take it away. What is um, what is this um, version of All Quiet and the West of Fred about? Right. So yeah, this one, this one. Well, it's the book, but it it, it largely follows the book as as I understand it. Um, it follows on Paul Bauma, Bauma. I want to say, and I pronounce him a German. Well, uh, he works for yeah. Is well back then. It was called the Imperial German Army. Start of the what they called the Great War back then, but we know it now as World War One. And basically, it's just um, him, you know with his friends in school growing up and then coming to the um the western well in fact what is known as the western front again at the time and yeah slowly but surely you know him becoming very disheveled and and you know quite cynical about the nature of war and friendship and you know stealing of gooses to cook and you know yeah boy uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And yeah, yes, I, I actually forgot that actually happened in the original film, though. Like, right, I forgot right. about that. Yeah. yeah. And then just some real just dark, brutal shit, though, at times. Like, you know, that, that, that scene where they see a bunch of bodies in a room, in the, in the room. Like, yeah, boy. And then, <laughs> and then the, the, the explanation behind that, boy, Lord. Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, just stuff like the, 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 the middle of combat, but they decide to stop and eat for some reason. Like, bro, yeah, the middle of combat, you can't be that hungry. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I, um, it's it's just them going through, going through saying that the situation melted down. The idea of glory, you know, how you know the disposability of soldiers. Um, they have a whole scene about right after the fight, they're still fighting. Now we're gonna die in glory, and then well, eventually the the, the failure and fall of uh, the imperial German war machine, you know, coming on to the end of the war, and, and you know them having to surrender and whatnot. And you know, they, in the in the retreat, effectively. All of his friends just get picked off one by one, and it it gets very very tra- tragic at the end. And well, well, well I, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah, Paul himself, you know, has a grisly fate as well. Um, and they, they they get into the you know the the aspects of calm expression, you know, the idea of you know well fate. It's it's a very for lack of a better term, I I never saw this movie as particularly hopeful. That that could be my interpretation, but it it always felt as incredibly fatalistic. It, it depends on what part of the war it is. Um, what this film does. Very interestingly, uh, it gets into the negotiations aspect of it. You know, the, the old joke, old men dying, young men. Sorry, old men talking, young men dying. But well, we get to see the old men talking. Um, we get to see, you know, them negotiating in each other, negotiating small things like ceasefires, um, things like aspects of how, you know, things when things calm down, how nice it is be. But then when things get rough, it is get rough. That little, little small things, like I forget which part it was where he, he fell a fire at a, I forget what he, he fired at a, I think it was a dead body. Oh, no, a guy was dying, I think. One of his friends or somebody was dying, he's still alive. And I think he fired him as a mercy killing. But because the enemy saw the muzzle flash, he got fired upon. And he got his helmet hit, hit off. And he's yes, like, oh. yes, uh, I remember that. Right. And it, that was a foreshadow to something very unfortunate later. <laughs> Go again, when they stick your head up in the trench, you're done. Uh, I thought this was pretty good. But it was more set stuff. Like, uh uh, it didn't do anything. I mean, I didn't expect them to do anything different. It was just I was just expected to see, you know, a bunch of solid German character actors. We get to see Daniel Brühl and a bunch of others. So it's like, oh yeah, I know he face and I know this man face and so on and so forth. And then they just focus on the character stuff, the light stuff, you know, the part of the little boy, which is surprisingly darker, darker shot than than the original versions. I thought I didn't think it would get that right. dark, um, but they make it. They, it it is. <sighs> I can't, I, can't, I can't criticize anything about it in this sense because it's like, yeah, that is a movie. It's supposed to be long. It's supposed to be pondering and slow. 
and is the war. That is the nature of war. It's supposed to be just grind, 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 ma- massive boredom for a long time. You had to deal with bullshit like trench foot and water and all kind of nonsense. And then incredible violence for a short period of time. That's it. And it, it is get, you know, Garel grind. Yeah. It had this one, the only thing in the movie that I didn't take down with it as much as it is, it have a scene with a shovel. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That scene with the shovel, brutal as mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. That was brutal. And then it have uh, the scene with the tanks. I didn't think the tanks scene would be as brutal as it was. That was pretty badass. It's badass, but it's still grimy as hell. They make the grime work. It is grimy. But I think what happens because 1917 kind of scratched that itch of that type of violence and the nature of that type of warfare. I wasn't as hyped for it in the same way. Like if 1917 didn't exist, I'd have probably real hyped this up more and be hyped for this more. But 1917 already, for lack of a better term, scratched that HSDC. And that is about it. Like, I, I, it came, it went, it told the same story that we, we saw before. And it didn't really add anything other than the negotiations part. But but all that I was in the book, too, I was like, all right. I, I, I think I just enjoyed those scenes a lot more because of how it, it contextualizes the war, especially from the German perspective. And they make it work for what it was. It's pretty good. But it didn't stick with me. That's all I'll say. It doesn't stick with me any, any way I thought it could have or should have. Maybe, I don't know. But I think it's, the big, big factor is because of 1917 um, did what it did. I was like, all right, already, already in that headspace. And that, that movie already gave me that headspace. This doesn't really change all that, all that much in that sense. But still pretty good. Like, I can't be mad. They clearly got in for the Oscar. It is very well made. It is very well made. <laughs> I, I can't take away anything from that. Um, well, yeah, yes, all, it, it is. It is. Like, like, for real. Yeah. That's how I feel about it. You know, when it comes to get grimy, it got grimy. Again, that scene with the shovel is brutal as hell. Holy crap. But that's about it. And the scene with the tanks, and that was pretty good. But I couldn't, I wasn't latching onto it in the same way I felt, um, I, I felt it could have. I don't know. That's just me. So I don't know. That's how you feel about it. Yeah, um, I agree with you for the most part, man. Um, I, it's not that we were spoiled by 1917. Well, I, I think for me, the reason why um, that, that movie stood out so much is, well, you know, the, 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 the simulated long take, right? You know, right, right. and this, this kind of brings up the, the issue that, um, well, unfortunately, befalls the war genre, right? Um, perfect right. example is, you know, the Vietnam War, um, you know, the films that we got like in the 80s, right? Where... You know, there was just so much, you know, not not a lot, of course, but just so much films that zeroed in on, on that war now that you had to really go above and beyond the Call of Duty to do something different, right? So right. that's where you got rare exceptions, like, say, Full Metal Jacket or Platoon, right? Which actually, like, tried to do something a little different, right? Well, especially Full Metal Jacket, right, with the, the nonlinear narrative, right? So that, that works here, right? Well, not nonlinear, but, you know, in terms of, well, you know, setting um, practically, like, the first third of the movie, at 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 um at a military um you know in 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 training camp basically right just right. deciding to set the show up there right and you know perfectly just just like little detail here um I just love like in terms of that movie though how like in the in the marketed for the trailer which still is one of my one of my favorite trailers right um uh, where they don't even tell you about all that stuff that took place at the at the at the army camp you know they don't tell you anything about that in it you know they show you this whole they just show you a whole bunch of war shit and um existentialism stuff right. But yeah, so I imagine when people went to see this thing and you see this drill sergeant, you know, sir, yes, yeah, sir, bullshit is still okay. You're like, what? And yet that's like one of the most memorable moments of that whole movie. And that kind of set it apart from all the other um, Vietnam War movies you got in the 80s, right? That was a period, right? 
It's so funny. I bring it up. Um, Arlie Umi, you know, rest in peace, right? Yeah, you had a character, uh, a drill sergeant, doing a little right. bit of that same thing in this movie here too. I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. I, I see what you did there. Uh-huh. Right, yeah. right. But yeah, that is the unfortunately the, the the issue when it comes to films of these nature, right? Well, it comes to war films. You had to kind of do something a little bit different, right? Or else they just kind of feel like, oh, it's the same old scene, right? Yeah. Even though, to the show's credit, it is a remake of, you know, your original film. Right. And, yeah. and it is from, it's, it is it is German made, right? So you're getting a German perspective as opposed to yeah. an American take on, you know, uh, well, a, a German me, novel. It's like yeah, that. For me, it felt like, for me, it felt like, again, it's, it's a victim of its own legacy. Like, it's the original, but because other people come in and, and, you know, derive from it, but add on to it, and then now it doesn't really bring anything new to the table. That's happened all the time. Um, that's all. That's all I felt about this. Like it, it don't do anything new or interesting. It's just well done, but it's not. None of it is interesting or, or special in any way. Again, because we see all this imagery in other places done before. Not yes. I wouldn't necessarily say done better, but just done before, right? But but you know, it's it, that's that's about it. It just so it's not bad, you know. Like it's just. It need to do something interesting. That's all I always thought about it, and it didn't. Yeah, do that. yeah, I, like, agreed. Yeah, and, and right. that's that's why you have to commend 1917, whether you love it or not, right. um, for that for that long take, because you know, mm-hmm. like it, it was just done so perfect. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and it just it just added a new whole new context to the story because here we're following a character or like a group of characters, and you just literally see it how hellish this life is, like literally following this person step by step, and that's what that show did very well, right? So while they do that same thing with the lead now, um, Paul Bomber, if if that's assuming, if that's how you pronounce it, um, yeah, I mean it works. But again, it's following the same structure as the original film, right? Now, in no way with these criticisms uh, are we seeing that the show is bad. I could, no, this show is really really good though. Um, I would say right off the bat, um, direction, um, the direction by Edward Burger, boy, my God, just and cinematography after after give credit as well too. Um, this yeah, this shit looks amazing though. I would say um, you know, outside of the best international feature film, um, I, I think this should be definitely nominated for best um cinematography, boy, because yeah, right. um, this 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 rivals what um a boy Roger Deakins did in 1917, right? Yes, you know, right. I saw a little bit, a little bit, uh, very Roger similar shots. Like, like yeah. with the flares, but with you fire, know, this, yeah, this, yeah. This a little bit different with. So instead of like orange flare, they have like a red, like a really sharp red flare. Like okay, I, 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 I see what you're doing here, but now, nah, but but despite the Roger Deakins worship here or there, whether it's intentional that, um, yeah, there's some like breathtaking looking shot, um, breathtaking shots in this though, and it totally works though because yeah, I mean while you're, you're giving us something grim and dark and violent, yeah, there's there's some really like gorgeous um scenes here there, right? And yeah, it totally works, right? Um, the acting, I, I, I think, is um, is pretty solid for the most part, right? I was surprised to see um Daniel Brew, but like I was just looking at the man's face, like, hey, look, uh, look, 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 Zemo, hey, you know what I mean? <laughs> I just like that he is one of those individuals, as I said before, who is part of the whole negotiation aspect, right? And that that to me is what really makes this film stick out, right? And I like that they they, they give it enough of it, so no, it's not part war, part negotiation, but they give it enough of it to to make you understand what's going on, right? And where it all leads up to, boy, caught me completely by surprise. Okay, they're thinking, yeah. all right, well, they're gonna be all peaceful, but yeah. and I love this aspect about the movie where it's like, nah, 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 it's, uh, nah, nah, fuck peace, shit. It's about, it's about pride, shit. You want to go yeah. home as cowards, boy? 
And yeah, well, I'm not going to see what happens there, boy, but it, it feels totally justifiable from their perspective. But at the same time, just ah, yes, it's not like, like, why would you do that? Like that? Why? Yeah. Why? But I, I get the mindset, though. You really get the mindset. Uh, and again, yeah, this is, that's like basically, what, um, it's basically like an honor culture, effectively. I mean, that's exactly. And, yeah. and, and yeah. The, 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 the sad part about it, not even ironic, that's the sad part. It's not even a guy who in the war, you know, it's not, it's just some yeah, man just sitting up, you know, eating the caviar, literally eating caviar, dread, while his, while his, 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 um, his people, his, his soldiers getting slaughtered by the minute. That's the irony of it all, dread. And, yeah. and it's moments like those that really make the anti-war message of this movie uh, really stand out. Okay, yeah, true and true, it's that. It really shows you the ugliness of, of war, boy. And, um, but really what the show does very well, too. Because, I mean, I mean, we've seen numerous war films that show you the ugliness of war, right? But it also kind of shows the irony of it, too, where, you know, the character of Paul, who just wants to do right, you know, he wants to serve his country and all that kind of, too. Yeah, he, he and all could get... He, he and all ends up being jaded by it too, right? And that's why I love the, the comparison between him and his um, his friend Kat, right? Well, that's his um, nickname, right? Especially what happens to him near the end of the film and how that 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 um, bleeds into to Paul's character. That that totally worked for me, right? Yeah, yeah, just the irony of it all, right? There's actually a powerful moment involving um, Paul, um, yeah, like beating down a guy to death and then like realizing the guy is bleeding to death, right? And then almost, and just kind of looking at him for the first time and as as not, you know, an enemy that you just shoot because, you know, your, your superiors tell you to do that. But no, he's a real person and look, let me try to help this person even though I practically shot him and practically like beat him to death or sorry, he was choking him, he was trying to choke him to death. It, it's, yeah. like, it's like that, right? Just kind of seeing that, hey, this is a person who's just like me, dread, like, but seeing it last minute, right? And that actually leads to a really, 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 really powerful um, final sequence, too. Just kind of showing, yeah, just how ultimately it, well, I should say, the sequence, I should say, um, final sequence, though, involving Paul, though. Yeah, just kind of showing that, yeah, ironically, in the end of the day, he is just a soldier in this big war. And, yeah, yeah you know what I mean? When he, when, you know, when, when, when history looks back at this, this, um, this, this era now, um, are they going to remember him? No. He's just one of, of many people who, you know, you know, uh, you know who who lost their lives there in in this war, trail. It's just really really unfortunate, right? But yeah, you know, it's it's those deeper moments, those those messages is really um are really what makes this film stand out, right? And yes, I mean we have to touch on the the battle sequences. Yes, they are great, well shot, well intense, uh, very intense. Um, the the scene involving the tanks, so yeah, boy, that was wow. That was tense AF too. Um, that shovel scene, as you mentioned before, jeez, yeah. boy, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it when, when it gets brutal, boy, it gets really, really, really brutal, though, right? Um, but yeah, you know what I mean? The 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 action, the uh, shouldn't say action. The, the the battle scenes are very intense, very well um, edited and shot and whatnot, right? Um, also the music. I have to touch on the music quickly. Um, very well done, though. It's surprisingly minimalist though like you would get like you know your little string um moments here or there right but there's like this particular um piece of music that's used during some of the you know when when you know just to build tension though and and it actually works so like i thought like it was a little too stripped back because it's just drums it's just like you're just hearing drums being hit right but like the more they use it like Nah, this 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 actually clicking though, and it it actually works. It building that tension, especially um near the end, boy, where they play it again. It's like yeah, I, I felt that shit right. Um, but and you know just just to close it though, um, uh, I I really would would like this to be nominated though at next year's um Academy right. Award. Though. Yeah, I can see that happening. I, I I I think that I honestly don't think that it will win. I think some other more 
intellectual well, or say provocative film I come well, on with it, but this, this could win, you know. You don't know what? <laughs> no, for, for international, more than likely, but like it, they could go for best film, period, like straight up, you know, best agreed, film. yeah, agreed, best yeah, 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 yeah. Um, because as, as you, you know, it, it just has the goods, so it has yeah. solid direction, great acting. Um, you know, just just standout moments, you know, um, throughout this too. Yeah, I I could, you know, as I said, Ricardo, I could see this going up for for best picture as well too, right? I mean, it it it's not like you know, it's not the first time that you know, uh, um, uh, uh international film got nominated for best picture. So why not right. this? I I think this this has a chance. Not really so much of winning, but being nominated, man. Um, and it's coming from Netflix too. So again, you know, the Oscar race has begun. See, I thank Netflix for that, right? But despite the fact of, despite its familiar uh, familiarities and the fact that we've kind of seen this before and it kind of really doesn't do anything new as far as the genre goes, um, this is still a very well-made and very effective um, film, though, um, especially with its messages and whatnot, right? So rating-wise, I'm going to give this a lighter, decent four to five, man. Um, this is this is worth checking out. It's on Netflix. Um, I, I believe that it it was shown theatrically in some in some areas. Right. Um, I would not mind watching this theatrically because I actually saw 1917 theatrically and it was, it was yeah, I, I love the film just because of that experience, right? Um, and I probably would have enjoyed this film a lot more if I didn't watch it on my laptop, right? I don't know. It, it, it's okay. one of those shows, right? Yeah, you, even though I had my song, but I also get the nice bass with the explosions and shit, but still, I don't know. I would have preferred it on a big screen, right? But still, uh, for what the show is and just, uh, uh, you know, just a more... Eurocentric perspective on this uh, on this war now and on this story. Yeah, this this film totally works, man. Um, I I you know you will. I do hope that you know this this title does pop up during Oscar season. Um, and I think more people should check it out. Uh, okay, yeah, this this has Oscar potential in for sure, man. And even if it doesn't do anything new as far as you know the war genre goes, especially with World War One. Um, yeah, this this does not change the fact that this still this still is a very powerful and very engaging film. So, yeah, that's all I have to say. Uh, Ricardo, last thoughts on Rita. Yeah, no, um, I, I agree with everything you say. It doesn't, as I say, my only problem is that it don't do anything all that special, but good enough for you to enjoy the thing. And it, because it it just everything across the board is well acted. Like, I not nothing is complained about in terms of like who the acting is or the scenes or the shots. I did listen to it in English dub though, so I suppose. Um, you know, oh, you I okay, I, I took it in German. I, I okay, wanted yeah, it authentically. Right, no problem. Yeah, I, I oh, but how, how, is he, how is the English job? It was, it was good, it's right? It's fine. I mean, it's noticeable, but fine. In my opinion, at least. Um, I thought it was okay. Um, but I, I generally do complain about stuff like that. Once I, once I get the, sem- the semblance of it, it's like cool. Um, yeah, I suppose I've got to probably make the effort and, and, and see it in, uh, in the, the German. But like, nah, it's like, it, it tells its story and it, it do what it had to do. Um, as I said, good. Pretty good. Like, I can't, nothing to complain about in any major way. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you ain't bringing anything new to the table. Because I really felt like I could have done something interesting with it. It's just pretty standard fare, but just well executed across the board. And that's about, that's what that's all I could ask for, to be fair. You know, especially if it's a classic story. Um, but yeah, um, rating. I'll, I'll give it quite a high rating, all, all things considered. Even though it didn't stick with me the way it does. It, it, I'll imagine, you know, for a lot of people, they, they will love it. And it does... You know, tie into the aesthetics of um, World War One much better than say 1917 does. Like 1917, even though 1917 is a true story, it's a story the way I would have told it could have been any war. To be honest, um, this was very specific to World War One, the nature of it and the, the sheer shock, you know, of that water to the to the world. That he already got that semblance with this film a lot better than uh, that's probably one one situation I'll probably give it over 1917. Um, rating, I'll still give it a very high score, nine out of ten. It's very good. Um, 
but I couldn't, uh, it didn't stick with me personally. That's, that's all I'll feel about it. So moving on from that. All right, kind of funny to think of it as such a high score, even though it did stick with you, though. But all right. Oh, yeah, yeah. It, it is it's from a, just from a pure, just looking at it from a, a, a production standpoint, you know, just how well made it is it's across the board. I can't, it have nothing to complain about. It's just, it not, subjectively, it's just not there. But I can't, I can't, I'm not going to let that, you know, interfere with my decision in this case, especially for something like this story. Because it's, a, it's a remake. It's a, it's a remake twi- twice. It's a book. Like, it's the book. Like, you're not, it's not you know. You know, it's, yeah, it's, uh, yeah exactly. mm. right. So nice about it. All right, all right, right. Uh, sticking with Netflix now, let's talk about Enola Holmes 2. And again, oh. Ricardo, if you don't mind, that's why you to do the synopsis, right? right? So we covered the first film um, back in 2020. Uh, right. We thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, this was, you know, just a, a vehicle for, you know, Millie, Bob, uh, Millie Bobby Brown to, right. to just shine and just showcase her, her acting and, you know, just yeah. her charms and whatnot. And yeah, it, it, it just absolutely works, uh, worked for me, man. Um, it introduced me to, you know, a, a character, you know, from, you know, a, 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 you know, a series of books that I honestly was not familiar with prior to the release of that film. Um, we got to see my boy, you know, Henry Cavill play Sherlock Holmes, and actually a great right. Sherlock Holmes at that, right? Who would have yeah. thought, right? And, you know, um, we, we had like just a really, you know, just a decent um, origin story in terms of, yeah, just how Enola, you know, the, the, the youngest sister, of youngest of the Holmes, right? Because, of course, yeah. we have Sherlock and we have Mycroft, who, for right. some odd reason, is not in this in movie. This one, like, I, like I thought he was going to be in it, but, like, they, they have, like, a, a child version of it. I was like, all right, okay, right. like. Like for me, he was he was not my favorite character in that show, in that film, honestly. But I mean, cause he's a douche. But you get why he's a douche, right? But it's, right. it's still kind of weird, though. Cause, all right. Um, and of course, you know, um, there was a mother, Eudoria, played by McGill, Helena Bonham Carter, yeah. and you know, it was it's just basically about her, about Enola, just trying to find a mom, right? And you know, it just lead to just this great understanding about her, well, just her understanding the world, um, just that time period, um, especially how it treated women. Um, and just her just being independent, standing on her own two feet and just being her own woman, right? And yeah, it, it was just like, just the message of it was just so powerful and timeless, right? But, you know, still, you know, you just got some some great, you know, you, you got your, your trills, you got some great humor, um, some great break in the war, fourth wall moments involving yeah. Millie. And, you know, it, it just had, it just oozed, you know, just a lot of um, enthusiasm. And, you know, it was just such a... A delightful film to watch. That's the best way to describe it. It's just a delight to watch. You have fun watching it, right? I will make the comparison to this in my review, right? But you know, it it honestly remind me this and this new one here can remind me of the Robert De Niro. Uh, uh, oops, not Robert De Niro. Uh, Robert Downey yeah. Jr. Um, right. You know, sure Sherlock Holmes films, yeah. right? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Didn't absolutely love, right? But I enjoy them for what they were. They they breed. They they, they, they both um bred new life into the Sherlock Holmes character. I think that that's why I enjoyed him so much, right? So with um, Guy Ritchie, you know what I mean? He just loves those kind of stylized slow-mo shots and, you know, just making everything feel kind of stylized when it needs to be. Yeah, he just brought his own kind of energy into those into um, those movies, right? And yeah, I actually enjoy both of them. Um, I haven't seen them in a long while, especially that second one. But yeah, I, I enjoy both of them. I actually do, right? And I I realize now when it comes to like Sherlock Holmes, just that character, you have to kind of go out your way to to make it, even though it is a period piece, right? You have to bring in some kind of contemporary style to to make it work, right? So perfect example, Sherlock TV series, you know, starring um, Benedict Cumberbatch, right? Where 
you know, when we when we see them kind of figuring out clues or whatnot, yeah, you know, there's always like sped up camera shots and slow mos and all that kind of stuff. You know, you all, you have to make the, the visual the, the visual sorry um really dynamic, right? And that show did that very well. And I saw bits of that though in the first movie and in this one as well too, right? So yeah, before we get to your Toto Kado, yeah, um, I, I really feel like you know when it comes to the character of Sherlock Holmes, when it comes to the world of Sherlock Holmes, you kind of had to do it in a sort of stylized way, but not in a show off you kind of way you know what i mean right. but more like all right we want the the audience to have fun with us you know it's fun solving the case with us yes this is the clue let's 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 go on this journey that these detectives are on right and yeah for the most part um you know like like sherlock and like the the, the first um you know the homes and those two um sherlock holmes films yeah you know the homes too is just continuing that same that same vibe man and i'm really surprised by that right but yeah, Ricardo, um, if you have anything quick to say about the first film before you jump in the second one, uh, take it away. Yeah, I really liked the first film. It was a, a nice surprise. Um, didn't expect it to be as good as it was. Millie Bob Wrong is a star. She really, really holds it. Again, She what she, what she's good with, and you, you see a lot of that in this one as well, uh, she's very good with, with not only good comedy timing, but good physical comedy as well. Um, just little body movements and, and, and little ticks that make her really, really funny and clever and make it work. And she, she really just, well, she charming and just hold the show on her own as, as the star, as the main thing. Like, nobody else upstaging her or anything like that. She's the star. She is, is a, effectively a vehicle for her. And it works. It totally works. Um, you know, the first one is just such a nice surprise, nice mystery, nice plot and story. And they make it work for what it was. Uh, let's get into the second one. Um, I don't like it as much as the first Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, that. well. Hey, hey, folks, we're gonna have a debate. We're gonna have a debate. No problem. <laughs> but yeah. one. Don't like it as much as the first, but still pretty good. Um, but I can't say I like it as much as the first. But a, a big factor as to why probably is just as simple as well. You know, I kind of already in the space of the world, so it, it had a wow me. While the first one was a big surprise, like I was just so surprised by the first one being as good as it was. So, like in my head, I was like I enjoyed more now. Uh, but this one, you know, if if you think this one is better, like I wouldn't be surprised if you might say something like that. Um, but I didn't, I can't, I can't in good conscience say I enjoyed it. That's all I'll say. Um, and then uh, there's a, a plot, plot slash character thing they do that I'm not the biggest fan of um, because I felt they could have just they should have done it a little different or better. But whatever. Um, as it was, it's still pretty good. Um, yeah, that's all I felt about it. Um, you know, well, the, the plus itself is that well, it continued more or less. Uh, I think I forget how much time. How time passed after the first one? A few months, I think. Um, um a, 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 about because they don't really see, but it's right. a savage is about a few months, not not really right. a year per se. So yeah, Enola, she started her own thing. She own detective agency. You know everybody, but then she gets in trouble to get um, she gets in a lot of trouble to get the you know get clients because nobody can take she seriously. She's too young. She's a woman. Blah blah blah. Normal thing. They make a lot of great human jokes about that. And then she gets onto a case with a little girl who asked her, uh, the girl, was the girl named Bessie, I think? Um, ask her, her sister is missing. But you find out the sister is not a, not a biological sister. And you find out how and why, what she related to. And they get to the match factory. And you learn the whole thing with the match factory owned by, owned by this, um, I forget the guy's name, but basically his last name is Lion. And he had a younger Lion who was... You know, working. Oh, um, sorry. Um, well, the younger one is is William Lyon, right? William Lyon, right? I, I forget. It, I forget his dad's name. Um, um, I think it's um Henry. Henry. Henry Lyon, right? Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, but so he he you know record profits um on this match factory, and yeah yeah they, they eventually reveal why and the the mystery behind that, and then they do the the mystery behind 
um, you know, what going on with somebody who, you know, manipulate the situation in terms of like, well, why does that he, he, um, the information get to Sherlock in the first place? And then who and what have to get into the aspects of, you know, this missing girl and what this missing girl was doing. And everything ties together reasonably well. And they do the job of, you know, it's a typical thing where both Sherlock and her working, they don't know they work in the same case. They think they work in different cases, but they really just work in the same case from different angles. And it comes together quite well. You know, everybody works. Action was good. Story was good. And the ending, I was I slightly don't really care for the ending. Mostly because of how it was done. Not that I didn't like... I, I could see why. I could yeah. see why. Honestly, not, I could see why. Not because, not because of the reveal. I actually, like the reveal, I like who it was. I like who it got for that. Blah, blah, blah. It, I kind of sell it out when I say who and what. But I like the character and I like that person playing the character. But I thought they could have just do that a little better. Like, I, they still, they still re- reveal it, and I think, but I felt they could have do it a little neater. It, it felt a little clumsy. That's the only thing. That's the only slight complaint. But it's still good. Like, I enjoyed this one as well, but I didn't like it as much because I find the, the first one just flowed so much better and, and cut together so much better. This one, good, and I like the central story and the mystery and the idea, but it just didn't, um, I doesn't, it doesn't stick with me as much as it could have. That is about it. Um, but I enjoyed this as much as, as almost as much as the first one. It it's very funny. It's very clever. It very um, a lot of great set pieces. Um, the whole I, I love the whole the whole section inside the the dance area where when she when she went to the party. Great, love that sequence. Um, all that whole whole sequence builds so well with with her and um with um was even Tuxbury, and she and Tuxbury back and forth very funny and very well done. Quite charming for it what it is. Um. And yeah, look, Enola, again, Emily Bray Brown is a star because she does what she does very well is physical comedy. And that's her bouncing off and good comedy timing and making it work. And they make it work for in such an interesting way. And I'm like, all right, I, I can't be mad at any of this. So it, it is just it just genuinely entertaining. She keeping it, keeping your attention. Um Henry Henry Cavill is pretty good. They bounce off each other quite well, I feel. Um the mother and what they do with the mother I really liked. Little, she, she just got a little, little small moment, but it's pretty good still. And yeah, um, overall, it's still, still a very, very good film. I just felt they slightly fumbled the end. It's slightly fumbled. Not a major, major problem. Just, a, in my opinion, a slight, slight fumble. But that is about it. Um, that is how I feel about it. Yeah. All right. Well, just to, just to touch on, on the end, though, um, I, I, I agree with you. I could understand why, why you feel that way. I think it's just because it, um, how best to describe it without spoiling It's, the monologue. The yes. monologue makes sense in the world of the show. That's all you'll see. But I felt like it was a little too heavy-handed. Like, okay, well, we really, really need to stress why this person would do something like this, right? Right. And on paper, it makes sense. But, you know, I, I don't know. It, it just feels a little too heavy. Again, just just too heavy-handed. Like, okay, we could probably get into a quick spoiler section, like your spoiler section for this, but my, my attitude is that, I'm not, not, no, I'm not saying any spoilers here, but my attitude is that I felt they could have just played, played a little more laid back. That is all I was saying. Like, you know, it's characters who just kind of figure out after the fact that X, Y, and Z is part of blah, blah, blah. That is all I was saying. Um, okay, I, all, I see. Yeah, yeah. That is all I felt about it. I didn't, I didn't mind that they did it. Because, like, look, you know, I, I think, and I'll give another reason. I'll give another reason though as to why, but I, this might spoil it. But I feel putting this character in the in the narrative, you know, and more like the way they, the way they set it up, little sequel, Betty. It it kind of 
makes it it overshadows a Nolan's narrative now because it making it too much a Sherlock thing now. Um, that's all I'll say. Um, but oh, then, I, I I understand. Mm. Yeah, and then the other the other big ending, the other big well, kind of like a for lack of a better term, a post credits kind of scene in a sense. I really like that because who they get for it? Me too. Yeah, another, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Is another person they get is like, all right, well, that's a big reveal, but it's a good, like, who they got again, great actor, love him. Yes, um, yes. So I was like, all right, well, if they're going with this, that's great. But again, that's not in Nola Holmes. I don't know what they're doing. Like, it, it's still too Sherlock, you know. All right, all right. So, so. That's how it is. Okay, anyway, I'll, okay. Yeah. I, 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 I understand what you're I'm stop right? But, but, all right. I actually like that about the show. Here's why, here's why, right? All right, so for me, why I enjoy the show even more than the first one? Because I actually recap the first show, the first right. one, and I would say, yes, yeah, you have to watch the first film, right? Um, unless you remember every single detail about it, you have to watch the first film, right? Because yeah, um, even though this one will show you snapshots, I would say from the first one, um, it does not stop to tell you, well, you know, in last film, yeah, 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 right. But it would help if right. you watch the first one, right? Um. I like that there was more of a mystery aspect going on to this, right? Because while in the first one, it was about Enola, um, you know, trying to to find her, her her mom, right? And that led into a mystery of its own, right? And it was just, you know, her brother Sherlock just having to deal with it. But he kind of again roped into what's going on as well, too, and kind of helped she out in some parts, right? Here, I, I do like the idea that Sherlock and Enola are working separate cases. And surprise, surprise, they actually connected, right? I, I like that, right? Yeah. And I didn't yeah. feel like, it, you know, the, the, the Sherlock stuff took over the, the Enola stuff. I, I I didn't mind that, right? right. Now, as far as the, the post-credits scene, though, I do like, and, you know, this this actually leads to a very, very strong team that caught me by surprise. I actually like that it was in this film here. Is the idea of, well, just in a, in a nutshell, um... Even though it's fine, you know, being independent and standing on your own two feet, you kind of need help. You kind of need people to, to help you out, right? And especially yeah, yeah. with somebody like Enola, and especially with the times that she is, you know, she she lives it, right? Yeah, you know, it, it, it kind of helps that you have people be um, people watching your back, you have people supporting you along the way, right? Um, and I love that, you know, even even somebody like um, Eudoria, right? Um, that's Helena's character. Even somebody like her, who pretty much left her daughter because, you know, she has to fight for the rights of women. I kind of, at, at first, I was a little taken away by the first time I saw it. Uh, but what I watch again is like, all right, I like that you just this Avenger, you know what I mean? <laughs> so you just yeah. go on doing your your stuff, and ever so often you'll come and help your daughter. All right, I, I I like that, I like that, right? But yeah, even she and all had help, and I like that they got um, I'm not gonna say who, but you know, a familiar face from the first film shows up. It's like, yeah, you know what I mean? I can't do this shit on my own, so I need yeah. help, right? It's all simple, but the way how it's expressed in this show though was yeah was really powerful. Though I really like that. So yes, even somebody like um like Sherlock Holmes, I, I mean, I, I believe with most incarnations he always kind of comes off as you know um wanting to do things on his own, thinking that he's better than everyone. Yeah, what what happens to him in the end? It it, it makes sense. It makes sense. Right. And for me, it, it did feel like it was okay. Like all right, well you know it's gonna be the Nolan Sherlock Holmes, um Sherlock Holmes show. No, no, it's just like. Well, yeah, this is the this is where his story could stop off, and yeah. maybe we and might see mini third film. Maybe not. Maybe it doesn't matter. Right. I don't know. But I like that. I like that. Well, yeah, like I agree with the character beat. You know, like it's it's a solid character beat on its own kind of thing. You know, I like um, especially with the fact that uh, Sherlock himself told her, "Don't um, do become me now," or something along those lines, right? Like, yeah, yeah, you know, Sherlock, yeah. He said Sherlock. he said, "Don't become me." Yeah, might yeah, take a note. You might, you yeah, might as well so take exactly, a note of that or something. Yeah. Exactly. He's a he's a he's a recluse and a mess and so on so on. And and uh, so they, they make it work for it was. But um again, I don't know. It just 
a little too much Sherlock stuff in this one. Like there's a lot of feel about oh, it. But whatever. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Well, well all right. And uh, and uh, uh, okay. So last last moment with me defending that 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 statement, right? Um, I do like also too that you know Enola starts to figure things out in the vein of a Sherlock, right? Because you know right. if it's with, with Sherlock, um, what do you call it by? Uh, uh, it's a term that he used in the in the Sherlock TV series, the Mind Palace. You right, know, right. you know, it's that moment where you know he just sees a whole bunch of clues and he just point you know he just connecting dots quickly 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 right, right he does right. that and then you actually see anola do a little bit of that in right. the into that because like all right yeah, <laughs> so there's a great moment involved with um, uh, a, a a certain date and she is about oh that was, that was that was cool that was that's cool. funny i like that i like but that she, she, i just love how, how she looked look at it like right, right. seconds to figure it out like yeah yeah that's a funny moment yeah that was real good. Um, on, on the subject of that, though, um, yeah, just just how Millie Bobby Brown again, who shines throughout this show, uh, yeah, just how she bounces off these actors, boy. Whether yeah. it's Henry Cavill, whether it's um, you know, um, Lewis Partridge who plays um, Tuk uh, Tukasbury, right? Tukesbury, uh, if I forgot the yeah, yeah Tukasbury. Well, uh, I, I, I'm name. I'm sorry, right? Nice on on the Right. Um, and I actually do love how their relationship develop in this one here because i was expecting it because you see quills you had to get a little bit more mature here i like right. where they are at right now you know what i mean again yeah. it's a newer denying the fact that she had the hots for him yeah. and you know he like well you know I, I, i'm you know i'm doing lord stuff you know yeah. I, I gotta be all responsible and shit but you know deep down inside he just loved this kid he just loved this girl right you know i just love how they do that back and forth right and yeah, well, like the characters too, and how they you know work together and all that. Yeah, that absolutely worked. Right? Um, the 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 whole mystery itself involving this missing match girl, um, yeah. totally worked for me though. And it's very good. Yeah. It's, it's a solid story. Yeah. Solid, solid. And especially that they go into the you know the reference real history now and and real events. Yes. Like, okay, I like that. Yes, I, I love like even in the opening of the film they say it's it's the the, the following is based on true events. Well, not really, but kind of. They yeah. they try to hit that in there, but I I didn't know what it meant there. But like now nah, when well, but when the the um the end credit scene came, I was like, oh, okay, okay, right. ah, right, right. I like that. And this going back to that same message, you know, that I mentioned before, it was it was powerful, right? Um, the direction works again. Um, the, the music by Daniel um Pemberton, great as well, acting of course. Great, right? Um, the the antagonist, great as well. I didn't expect to see um David to listen to this. Dude. I was like, hey, like, you yeah. too again being yeah, a yeah. creepy guy again, like like in um in um oh gosh, in Sandman, you just love being creepy characters. All right, you know what I mean? Um, the, the main antagonist, though, I was like, all right, okay, we we yeah. all right, we finally doing this. I like that, right? I like I like the twist that they do here. Sorry, the subversion, the subversion of that character. I like that, but again, is the is the monologue that that this kind of brought it out. Like, all right, yeah. all right, we, we get it, film, we get it, but okay, the, the character is telegraphing it, is is pretty much spelled it out for us now. Okay, yeah. okay, straight, yeah. But other than that, though, I just love the inclusion of that character here. Yes, it is Sherlock Holmes. Yes, you know, it's it it is it does lean towards the Sherlock Holmes side of things. All right, I get that, but. I don't know. I, I guess we we had to have this character show up anyway because it is a Sherlock Holmes property. That's the only spoiler I could give. So I guess that's why this character is in this show. But yeah, you know, you know, well, how you say you you, you did like that? It kind of connected to what Enola was doing. Um, I I, I think it kind of actually makes sense, you know, because again, it's not just about Enola; it's about Sherlock as well, too, right? Yeah. So yeah, obvious gripe is that um, no no um. Oh gosh, what's his name? I forget the name already. 
Uh, sure, look, brother. Micro. Yeah, no, 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 Micro for this though. Like, like what he was busy or something. I mean, yeah. Henry Cavill's busy. He get. I mean, he would. He 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 get to show up in this. So why not that actor? I don't know, right? But yeah. Um, for for me though, this was just um yeah, just a really enjoyable um sequel to the original one. Yeah, um, yeah. it it just up it just kind of update things, just develop things in a smarter way. You know, just just keeping that that just. That level of intelligence, human wit, and all that kind of stuff, though. It just elevates things in a smarter way, though. Um, I, I really love the fact that it felt more of a real mystery than, you know, just... Even though, again, it's a missing persons thing, but still, it just felt more like, more like a mystery than in the last film, right? Um, also, where the characters are and where they're taken in this, I really, really admired as well, too. Um, and, of course, yeah, yeah, just where it ends and all, too. Yeah, I mean... Of course, we're gonna get the third one. I'm not sure when, but I I can't wait to see it, man. So, yeah, um, I I actually enjoyed this this one actually a bit more than than the original one. Believe it or not, I just okay. kind of end up enjoying it a lot more, right? So, um, retail wise, I'm gonna give this a decent, a strong four, man. I I really really enjoy this, man. Um, I I don't see this right now as as a best of, but this certainly will be an honorable mention, by And um, if you enjoy the first one, then trust me, you're gonna love this one here. Um, and even if you're not like you know, like like if you just kind of look at it at, at, at you know, this the whole Enola Holmes franchise, they're gonna it's just some feminist shit. No, 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 there's some there's some deep layers to this as well too, man. And um, it closes to a, a pretty much gonna echo like what you said um last time with the with the first Enola Holmes film. Um, I I would love to see a, a film series out of these books and um you know in the, in the, in the, in the long run, man. Um, but yeah, I I think that um you know uh Harry. Brad Bear, um, yeah, it's is on to something here with these um with these Enola you know, Holmes films, man. So yeah, I can't wait to see the next one. I can't wait to see part three. Yeah. So yeah, uh, final thoughts and readers. Yeah, well I am I'm in you, but there's I'm I'm similar attitude towards you. I just I just you know, kinda inverted on the whole first one I prefer over the, the second one. That's about it. Um you know, it just again because of the ending, I think the ending, because of the ending probably in it a little bit, but it still it still really works for what they're trying to do and go for can't be mad at any of that. Nothing, nothing in it is, is bad or anything like that. Or any major failures or from it's just just the ending. I really felt they could have played the ending a little different, a little, a little for lack of a better term, cleaner. That's all I'll say. Um, but that's about it. Um, still, still dug the hell out of this one. You know, uh, again, all the good, good scenes, good stuff. You know, Billy Buddy Brown really holds it. You know, uh, Henry Cavill's pretty good in this as well. Um, all the side people are good. Uh, even, even um, what's her name? Bessie Gill play Bessie Young Gill. She was pretty good. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She um she looks familiar villain, too, for some odd reason. Yeah, the villain pretty good. You know what they do with the villain and well as well as multiple villains. Uh, but yeah, my boy really keen was real hard and funny. Uh, he was just yeah, a, that, a, that David Tullis uh, character. Yeah, 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 yeah. He just 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 goofy as hell and making it work. And they make it they, they, that's just a general great great out in all of a sudden. But I kind good conscience. Yeah, I prefer it to the first one. That's all I'll say. Um, but yeah, okay, rating. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, rating. Rating. I'll give it like a seven, seven out of ten, seven point five mostly. Um. But yeah, same other thing. Right, nice, nice, nice. And last but not least, man, <laughs> let's talk about where the Al Yankovic story. Sure. And um, I'll confess, the time of me, you know, talking about this, I, I literally saw this show about an hour and a half ago, so it's still fresh yeah. in my mind. Uh, but I had just enough time to 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 have my my final thoughts or what I thought about the show, right? So um, I will do the synopsis for this, right, and then you can jump into the review, right? Yeah. So. Um, much to everyone's surprise, boy, uh, 
we we were we were we would form that we were getting this um this this biography of of Al, Weird Al Yankovic, right? <laughs> um, I mean, when it comes to just pop culture of the twentieth century, um, yeah, I mean, he is synonymous with that, especially with with you know um music, just music of the eighties onward, right? Because yeah, he is one of the most iconic figures, right? Because yeah, he more or less carved a niche of his own and say, here's what I'm just gonna do parodies of you know, just just billboard, you know, top 100 hits, and that's exactly what he did, right? Uh, whether it's like a surgeon or I'm fat or right. eat it, you know, he he, he just did that trend. And what's amazing though is that he was no one trick pony, he wasn't some one hit wonder, he just carved a whole career out of that, right? Now, I'll confess that I did not see um his his feature film, his first feature film, UHF, right? Right, yeah, I saw uh, it, Yeah, yeah re- 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 really, main reason is because I just heard about how bad it was, right? I just heard it for years it's, about how bad it was. So I just well, say, all right, I, is, I don't need to see Yeah, it is a perfect Weral vehicle, to be fair. Like, it just so silly, but it's the perfect Weral vehicle. Like, where you think a Weral movie should be, well, it's the perfect setup and template for what a Weral movie should be. That is it. Like, you know, you, don't yeah. get, you don't get more than that. But, yeah, but but here's the thing. While while watching this show here, boy, I was like, this actually had to be inspired by UHF, boy. But yeah, yeah, it, no, it, it feels, it feels like great, it's inspired it's, it's by UHF, great, No, yeah, you're even right. Though I, a, even though I never saw it. Huh? No, yeah, it's a great companion piece to UHF in my opinion. I do think so. You are correct. Right. Okay. Okay. Well, look at that. Right. Yeah. Um. And I will say though, like I I have not sorted all of 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 his albums, right? Because yeah, he put out a lot of albums, right? But the one for me personally that stuck out to me the most, that's the one that I, that I, that the only one that I've listened to is a little project he put out in 2006 called Street Out of Linwood. That right. was the one that, that, that was like, right. all right. White and Nudie. Yeah. Yeah, White and Nudie. This, this was him in the 2000s, still doing this shit and still making it work, you know. Um, yeah, he had White and Nudie, which was, of course, a parody of um, Camillionaires, um, Camille you know, um, right. uh, yeah, Raiden, 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 yeah. Um, you know, he did Canadian Idiot, which is, of course, a, a, a play American on, you know, American Idiot. Yeah. Um, he did Trapped in the Drive True Dread, which was this 10-minute, close 11-minute epic version of, well, R. Kelly's Trapped in the Closet. If you haven't listened to it, you should listen. It's, it's, it's amazing. It is really amazing, right? He even did a version of... um. Of beautiful, I believe James Blake did it. Um, you're beautiful, you're, you're yeah. beautiful, right? He did um, you're pitiful. It's it's like one of the funniest things ever, right? But yeah, um, I was I was just amazed at how this man was able to keep himself relevant, even in the two thousands, bro. You know what I mean? Um, I haven't checked out anything else before after like that, right? But I mean, I do know about Amish Paradise. I do know about you know I'm bad. Sorry, I'm fat, and you know songs like that. I know about the the, the stuff earlier on, right? But that Street Out of Linwood album, yeah, blew me away, right? So yeah, I, I like many people were surprised that we were getting this film here, right? And even more surprising was who was playing him, Dread. Daniel Radcliffe of all people. <laughs> yeah. Like Daniel Radcliffe, like what? And I'll talk about him because I have a like this man have a future in terms of just doing just weird, obscure comedic performances, Dredd, because I, I, I really enjoyed him in Guns Akimbo, right? Which Right. Just off of our premise alone is so batshit crazy, but it's my kind of shit. I love that. But yeah, for the moment I saw him in that, I was like, yeah, this man have a future. Yeah, that's really, <laughs> like, I, I, I know him in comedy for, um, what do you call it, by, um, oh gosh, with, with Paul Dano. Isn't he in that movie again, bro? 
Um, or or Swiss Army Man, yes. Swiss How Army can man, we forget right, yeah. Swiss Army Man? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. How can we forget that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, just these weird rules, though. But it could, it just has so much great comedic timing, right? But anyway, so yeah, we were all surprised, right? But um, even more surprising is is what this show actually is, right? So, on paper, it is a biopic on. Al Yankovic, right? right? You know, we see his his early his early come ups, um, when he how he acquired his first accordion, um, his parents who's just like, no, uh, that's the devil's instrument, blah blah blah, and we don't want you doing that, right? You know, the dad wants him to work at his factory and all that kind of stuff, okay. right? And his friends, his three friends, who I highly doubt are actually real, but you know, maybe they are, right? I'll talk about that. The whole maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Um, well, Wikipedia says they are, right? But whatever, right? But, you know, they're all like, yeah, you know, we, you, you have a chance, you know what I mean? Because, yeah, he was just a struggling musician, right? And then he just decides with through a great bit of, you know, it's just one of those circumstantial kind of moments, though, involving a, a, a hit song. And, you know, he just comes up with this idea for a parody song, right? I'm not going to say which one, but it's a popular one, right? And, yeah, his career just kind of picks up from there, right? But what this show actually is now is a parody of musical biopics, right? Biopics. That is what's so clever about this. We basically and get Dewey, we basically get Dewey Cox, right? Yes, Walk Hard, which is yeah. still one of my favorite comedies of the two thousands. Because yeah. yeah, it took that show by the way, it took Walk the Line now. Um, right. you know, the, the Johnny Cash biopic. Yeah. And yeah, John C. Riley and them say, Yeah, well, we just gotta make fun of that shit. And yeah, that yeah. was one of the funniest shows I saw in, in the two thousand bar dungeon. Hey man, we got cocaine, but you don't want none of that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that show, right? And it's just and what what really made that show work though is just taking the familiar beats of Walk the Line and saying, Walk, yeah. yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do it. Oh, he 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 succumbs to drug addiction. Oh, he he come he, he succumbs to alcoholism. Yeah, we're gonna do all that stuff. We're gonna do all that beat for beat, and we're just gonna make this funny as hell, right? And yeah, this show does that boy, but because it's Al Yankovic though, it just takes it to a, a delightfully and much ex- unexpected for me now, absurdist level, dread. And I yeah. was just like in all of it all, you know what I mean? But yeah, but let me just calm myself down for a bit because again, I, I just like saw it about an hour or so ago, right? But yeah, Ricardo, have, you haven't seen it, you know, uh, probably long, uh, bef- long before me. Um, yeah, what were your no, thoughts I, on I this? I saw it a couple of days ago, you know, but yeah. Uh, okay, yeah, what, what, what was your, what was your opinion on this one? I was just, so, I, I was so glad they did this. I was like, oh, this is like the perfect thing because it took me a while, eh? My brain was like, oh shit, they're doing, okay, they're doing this. Instead of, um, and I was like, oh, that's so much smarter to do than just this nonsense now. And I, um, instead of tra- taking itself seriously or anything like that, they just decide, nah, we gotta do this as it is, as, as a parody of, well, you know, music biopics. I'm like, all right, great. That is very clever and well done. And I, I loved it. I thought it's, a, it's the best possible option you could do for something like that. Um, and it's it just really clever and well done. And I, I was just like, wow, they did. And then they give us like style of humor. Is still very, very UHF type of style of humor. Like it's like exactly what I expect them to do, what you should do in that in that context, and what why it makes sense. And then they make it work for what it is in terms of there's the humor and the, the jokiness and the silliness. I just I just love that they decide to take this approach to the whole thing. It's very very clever and well done. All right, all right, all right. Well, yeah, I I totally agree with you, man. Um, because yeah, I just went and thinking 
okay, there's going to be this this shaman biopic, you know, you're just going to see this this outcast, this social outcast of, of sorts with uh, with uh, a accordion and a dream, you know what I mean, make it big. And, you know, you'll just see, like, you know, from the 80s to, like, you know, up until Amish Paradise, where, ironically, the film stops off at, right? Yeah. And, yeah, we'll just see how he was just able to, to carve his own niche, you know what I mean, over yeah. over the over the 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 you know the the rapidly development the rapid development sorry of you know of, of pop music right in the 80s yeah. and 90s right but this show just kind of comes out and say now nah, we we're gonna yeah. do that but no 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 we're gonna do what yeah. we think and i was just in amazement of it all but i, I yeah. said to myself all right i'm not sure if if this if they will if they will if it will stick the landing yeah. um I was I was actually worried that it might go, you know, like no disrespect to SNL. Like I was I was worried that it was gonna do yes, it, it, it was like it was gonna yes. feel like a, just a bunch of SNL sketches strung right. together. But like right. nah, nah, they just kept this thing as consistent as possible, boy. Um a couple uh, you know, missteps here or there, like a couple of jokes that don't really land like, as well. Right. Right but, but, but it's fine, but it's fine, it's fine. Yeah, it, you can expect that, you know. Yeah, even though the premise and the setup is not as good as it could the premise and the setup is brilliant. I felt they could have done a better job with squaring out that um some of these ideas better though. Um and some of the delivery of the material could have been a little better. That's about it. Nothing major. Okay, okay. Nothing else I, yeah. I had a big up big big problem with. Yeah, uh, and, and um it, it kinda does something weird too, right? Where well without spoiling um I'll I'll pretty much go through uh a change, right? You know, a, a forced change, and he kind of sees himself as, oh, I'm gonna just be doing original music from now on. I love that they just the, 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 the perfect yeah. song they use now to, yeah. to kick things off is eat it, and he is so adamant to keep telling people, no, yeah. this is my song. That's a great running joke, eh? Yes, yes, that's <laughs> a great running joke. And what I like about it, well, two things: one, the only cameos had me cracking up, Jud. Like Boy, listen, when I see Jack Black, but I was like, wait, right. wait, 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 I stopped the show. Like, wait, no. Yeah. You know what? Talk of you. <laughs> yeah. You but and then, and then the cameo by Willa, by Willa himself, which is very funny. Um, yes, yes, yeah. yes. And then I don't know what, but it's just little things like Quinta B as Oprah. And <laughs> oh, and oh when I saw that, I was like, yeah. Yeah. Love that, that, love that, love yeah. that, love that, love that. That cracked me up. That. Uh, they get a bunch of people, they get quoted on Brian in this journal, like, what the ass. Yeah, yeah, I, I do the character he plays, Joe. Yeah, perfect, perfect, yeah. perfect, right? They got, um, I think, um, who does this play? Gallagher, boy, Paul F. Tompkins, I think. It, they just got a bunch yes, of great yes, comedy. Yeah, they, yeah, they get Paul F. Tompkins, boy. Um, they get this talk. guy to play, uh, Salvador Dali, boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Phillips. No, yeah. no, like, all right, so without spoiling anything, yeah, there's, there's this party, right? This pool party, yeah. Right? Yeah. As like a who's who of like celebrities. What be celebrities? I mean like back in like the, the 70s and 80s, right? right? Yeah. Like I didn't expect to see Divine Dread. Like if you're familiar right. with um with yeah. John Waters um Pixel yeah. Mikos, yeah. right? Which which you actually yeah, should watch, right? It's like what you she you know, she in this too, or she say yeah. he in this too. What? You know what I mean? But this is he daddy that caught us by surprise, yeah. right? Because yeah, I mean it's if, if you really think about it, it's that style of uh, absurdism right, that that you know Al kind of revolutionizes right, exactly. right, that what this show makes fun of. It kind of yeah. revels in it too, you know what I mean? But yeah, when I saw Dali in this, I was like, wow, boy. And, yeah. and points for Conan O'Brien, who plays Andy Warhol, right? And yeah. just the line he drops, I was like, yeah, perfect. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it, right? Yeah. You know? And yeah, as I said, the, the, the script itself works because when I saw I saw Toby Huss in the beginning, of the Toby Huss plays one of my favorite characters in Halt and Catch Fire. Um, right. So as I told you, he this. He played um, the father. He he, played, he played. There's a moment involving him and a, a salesman. Yeah. 
I nearly right? laugh when I see that. I like, all right, so this not, did not play this straight at all then. I didn't realize yeah. this straight at all. I like, I, went in it, I, went, I didn't watch the trailer or anything like that. I went in this completely blind. I just knew Daniel Radford was playing Weddle. All right, what are, we, what are we gonna do with it? And you're wondering if they're gonna play it for real now, like if they're gonna do it real serious or something like that. It's like, nobody, let's make a, a parody of a, of a music biopic and that's what we got. And they make it work. But what they do is they, they slip in a bunch of great jokes about Weddle himself. Yes. Like, yes. you know, actual jokes and actual things about his life. So if you know what to look for, you'll be like, all right, great. I have like this one great line where you say, I'm sorry, like, um, what, what musician who's, who's not problematic or got into drugs and so into it like that? Because his character has a bell dog, but that didn't happen at all. Like, when I've had a drug problem, was ever problematic in any workable sense or anything like that. Like, no, no. Know, so they, they, they make it like that. It's like, yeah, he's, he's still relatively clean at, you know, his legacy is like, you know, quite, quite solid, actually, all things considered. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, I just I just thought it was very clever in what they did with it. As I said, the only problem I had with it is that I felt some of the jokes could have land a little better. Like it's still agreed, yeah. It's still very nineties SNL dumb human Mike Myers bullshit now. Like that kind of joke. Yes, that you're was, right. It it, yeah. it did have a nineties feel to it, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it, it well, unfortunately, like a, I don't unfortunately. Right. Yeah. And it's it's up to you. Is look, that is a generational thing, yeah, but it's up to you. But like for me, I'm I'm look, we're millennials, like we we want faster. We like some '90s humor, but it's like the weird, off the cuff '90s humor that Weird Al was part of, but not um, that, not this. But it's, but it, again, what make it work is all the cameos is quite good and funny. Um, yeah. like, I think Patton was 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 in the crowd in one concert that was funny. Yeah, beginning. yeah. Well, that's why he feels like, oh, you, oh, yeah. you in this too? <laughs> oh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Um, I was surprised to see Reed Wilson in this though. I, like the, the character he plays. Yes, absolutely. Like what they do with see, and there's a great scene involving some um with this what drug it was boy is quailu. No, it was LSD. It was LSD. LSD, right? Yeah. That shit had me crack it up, John. Yes, like, boy. Like, oh, <laughs> this that, was funny. that was funny. Hello, but, uh, really? but just a touch of the whole nineties humor. Um, what this show actually remind me of uh, a little bit more too similar to um not just walk hard. Um, the Naked Gun series, right? Because love it. Yes. just the level of. Basically, what it is, like, just taking a particular genre and just flipping it and saying, hey, we're just going to have fun with it. We're just going to make it so over the top. You you can't help but laugh. And, yeah, like, they went over the top with this one, <laughs> with this one though. And, but it really does have a, have, a, have a early 90s feel, like a very naked gun. Um, uh, oh, gosh, I forgot the guys who who helmed um, the airplane. Zucker, yeah, it has a it has a Zucker Brothers style kind of humor to it, yeah. like a, a sort of zeniness to it as well, right? Which I would say nearly works, right? There's a couple of moments that kind of fall flat, right? But I was at, I was honestly worried that it wasn't gonna hold on to, like, you know, they was just doing this thing, and eventually it's just gonna fall apart, and they just do it too much. Nah, they just kept it flowing good though. Even right now to the end, that caught me completely by surprise but the more the more I thought about it though, the more it, it actually worked, and the more I just found myself laughing even more. Um. I think just just really in general that yeah the, you know um Eric Appel um this is actually his his debut feature oh, and okay. um wow. and, yeah 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 and 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 Ali Agovic, who you know both of them wrote the script just literally had the balls to say yes this is what we're gonna do yeah. this is what our Ali Agovic biopic is going to be it yeah. is going to be silly it's going to be stupid but they're gonna have fun and it's gonna be laughing your ass off and that was me throughout that I did not expect to enjoy this so much I expect to laugh so much in it and really really what holds the show together and I have to give mad props to him boy Daniel Radcliffe boy this yes. man came through with easily one of the best performances of 2022 dread and largely yeah. just because 
he just stuck to the character. Even yeah. when shit is going crazy, when he is being crazy, he is still weird Al Yankovic, true and true. He is still yeah. this compelling character that you want to see succeed, but because of the show and because they're poking fun of music biopics, even when he goes off the reels, you're still like, oh gosh, man, why are you, why are you doing this shit, Jen? Come back to the light, Jen. And he does that, right? Yeah. Um, when, when it stops off, though, actually caught me by surprise, well, you know, that it actually stops off around the, the Amish Paradise era, that's all you'll see. Right. And points for that cool yo cameo away. When I right. see that, I was like, yeah. And in the context of it too, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It. If you I know the history, it, I love it. I love it. I love yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, but but yeah, sorry, 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 But another thing, what the show does very well though, is that it kind of blurs the line between what is yeah. real and what isn't. Though, because yeah, yeah like, like there's a moment yeah. involved in like um a, a reveal, like his dad made a reveal. I didn't want it. Like that's actually true though. Even though I know the song that will be inspired out of it. Kind of has nothing to do with do with it really, but and then now they're kind of warning if what actually is true. Like I feel like there's a, there's some subtext in it that I was saying. I, I do think you know a lot of stuff hidden in the background. Like you're not sure if real or fake. Like okay, when they did all the pictures at the ending, they show a, a picture that looked very real with Weddell and a, and a, the same who Wade Wilson played, but they showed the real yes. guy. But like you cut, I don't know if it's they Photoshop it or not now. Like if they just make up something that is is fake. Because it's sure really but well, some of them, some of the pictures, to be fair, are photoshopped there. But yeah, there are a few ways like, nah, this had to be real. Yeah. Nice thing, it, it, a bunch of them look real now. And it, it, same thing with, with the statements in the world. It's like, wait, how much of this is real statements or not? Like, that looking like something that might be a real thing and a reference or not now. And it, they make it make it work. But then they, they go off the they go off the reels with, with you know, Pablo Escobar kidnapping Madonna and... Okay, that, Boy, that that, that, and, that that shit came out. That, yeah. No, I, they didn't come out of nowhere, Trent. Yeah. They, they set it up, eh? but I yeah. didn't know this guy go there, boy. Yeah. I was like, I, 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 admittedly, I wasn't sure if it's going to work, boy, but they just kept it going is, with it. Well, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's yeah, keep going, keep going, keep going. It's funny. Just build it, yeah. just build it. Yeah, um, but good funny. to get bring up yeah. Madonna, too, boy, because I have to give also credit to to, to McGill, Eva Rachel Wood, boy, right. who played Madonna. Yeah. Like, I... I, yeah. I yeah, saw an article that, that she was well. I saw an article that she was gonna play her, right? But again, I just thinking, okay, music biopic, you know, she'll just be a side character. No, she's like one leads to it, and yeah. she like I I don't know, like I you know it's it's so weird that this show exists because I imagine Madonna, of course, had something to do with it. So yeah, Madonna probably was like just in stitches, just seeing how Evan played her trend. But yeah, Evan just kind of plays like yeah, I am the 80s Madonna, I am the the you know the um the sex symbol and whatnot. But but even her hooking up with with Al makes no sense, and yet right. you buy into it. And where right. they take her character too is just so weird yeah. and crazy and ridiculous. Right. But it still works though because of how convincing she is. Right? Like yeah. I, 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 I thought I actually thought it, she was playing Cindy Lauper, not uh, Madonna. I was thinking, oh, it's oh like, okay. Yeah, that, well, well, she does show up. Um, she she does have a cameo near the end. Actually, I forgot to mention. Right, right. But yeah, they make it they make it work for waiters. It it funny. It really well done. Um. It, it, everything come together so well like it, it did basically give us it is a spiritual sequel in many ways to uh uhf in some ways but mm, it, it really I, I, more I felt so yeah 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 but it more it more feels like um i would argue more it's it's really walk hard and it, there's a little bit of um like a kind of a little bit of spinal tap as well like if you if you, if you remember that right uh, oh, of course of course yeah classic right. film this is spinal tap I yeah, think, yeah exactly. um 
do that as as you say that. Let me let me pull it. Michael McKean, I think was it. Yeah, this. Michael McKean was in this. Yeah, yeah like, he was in this. Yes. Good. All right, all right. Yeah. Michael <laughs> was in this. Uh, but yeah, they, they they make it work. It does come together so well. It is the humor is a little dated. I admit, you know, it feels you know it feels like that that type of humor that look the nineties was the nineties. Have that type of you know you do. Yeah, it's, it's naked gun humor. It's, it's right. Zucker Brothers. No, humor. but but to me, naked gun humor holds up. But I talk about like the really nineties SNL humor. No? That that kind of oh, right, a right, reference, right. but it's just a joke, and it, it just you don't really say that you take it trusted, but it's just a joke and a funny face, and you, you take it should land. But it's like all right, you know, people start for company back then, so whatever. Um, that's about it. Uh, but yeah, I I thoroughly love this. I didn't think I'd enjoy it as much as this. I am giving this a nine point five out of ten. Um, closer to a nine, but you know, very nice. very high. So. It is just exactly what it needs to be given who who they're talking about, Jared. And it's very clever and well done. And I didn't expect it to be as as I didn't really expect it to be as clever as it was, to be honest. Um yeah, really well done. I loved it. Yeah, I, I did not expect to enjoy and love the show um uh, uh, as well, man. Um the joke I make on Facebook is is that similar to Walk Hard, this is indeed a music biopic for people who hate music biopics, right? right. If it just find it too cliche and too, you know, derivative, you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, the character will go, go through this meltdown and, you know, fall on stage or blah, blah, blah. And then eventually they will be redeemed and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this, this show just takes that and just flips it and just makes it even more absurd and funny, right? And in closing, though, what, what really makes the show totally work is that despite all of the weirdness in it, though, sorry, despite the absurdity in it and ridiculousness, it really does live up to the title. It yeah. is weird, and it is a Yakovic story. So the title is totally justified in this one. But yeah. yeah, hands down, this is one of the funniest movies I've seen this year, one of the best movies I've seen this year. So for me, I'm going to give this a light four and a half out of five, man. I, I really enjoy this, man. Um, Daniel Radcliffe, again, gives one of the best performances of the year, boy. This man needs to do more weird comedic shit <laughs> Yeah, future this yeah. one as a future in that boy for sure, man. Um, I I just 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 how everything plays out though. It's it's not a sh- it's unlike anything that you will see like in movies though. And I, I I guess it makes sense that it came out um you know on, on a streaming platform and it came out through Roku actually, right? I, I think it makes sense that it, you know that that it is that way, right? Um, because um I think if I'm not mistaken, uh, Walkard was a, was a flop in the box office, right? But right. it's kind of like a cult classic now. I, I still think it's one of the funniest movies of the 2000s, right? And yeah, this this feels like, you know, again, like Walk Hard meets UHF, man. And it yeah. just feels appropriate to, to who the man is, right? So yeah, um, did not we I mean, we did not expect a Al Yankovic bio, um, bio, biopic. We got one. It was not what we expected, but it was way better than we expected it to be, man. Yeah. So yeah, this is the real deal. Y'all, y'all need to check this out, man, for sure. Mm-hmm. All right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? Ah, Pasat Armidiy on Twitter. That is my city, nice city on Twitter. And you could write, type in Carbody on Facebook. You'll find me there. All right. You could still find me on TikTok. I'm still there. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube, and and Twitter actually. So on the Facebook and YouTube links, you will find excerpts from today's episode, along with other episodes of BBB Radio, Retrospect Reviews, and BSB to Bailey. Of course, there's my Fiverr gigs. You know, you can check those out in the link tree link in the description in this podcast here. And uh, stuff to look forward to. I'm so excited to see this. Um, I, I told you about it, Ricardo, a few days ago. Uh, mm-hmm. in, in, in less than a week's time, we are going to be getting Black Panther 2. Yeah. So uh, 
next episode is going to be a triple feature. It was it, it was a double feature, but it's going to be triple man. Yeah, we got to get a little woke now. We got to get a little black hair. So not, <laughs> all, not only are we going to be talking about Black Panther 2, but we will be celebrating the 30th anniversary of Spike Lee's masterpiece, Malcolm X, um, right. which will be coming out officially on the Criterion um, Collection later on this month, actually. Um, I, w- I would like to buy that. Maybe I will. Yes. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Also, the Netflix um, documentary, Is This Black Enough For You? Um, I've been hearing a lot of great things about it. I finally watched the trailer of it. I was like, hell yes, I need to watch that. And it's going to tie in so well to, to both uh, Malcolm X and Black Panther 2, man. So, yeah, this is going to be a, a great episode, man. And, of course, you know, before that, we have to talk about the final season of Atlanta. Because, yes, at the time of us recording this, right. yeah, just less, less than a few days before uh, that, that series comes to an end, right? Yeah, um, Atlanta dropped. And it dropped. You know, actually posted uh, our 2016 review of the first season, and in a right. few days, I'm going to be putting up the 2018 review that we did of of season two, man. No, but I, I they, they dropped one masterpiece of our episode, with episode eight, right? They're like, wow, Jay, that was yep. real hard. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah, um, boy, I I just can't wait for that series finale. But I want yeah, I want my mind on, to be yeah. blown. I want to be provoked. I want my thoughts to be provoked, right? right. <laughs> I'm really, really excited for that one. So, yes, folks, expect a really, you know, stellar episode. Um, and it's going to be a collab, of course. So we'll be hearing some guests, you know, voices and whatnot. But, yeah, expect a stellar episode in the next episode of BBB Radio. Yeah. And, yeah, that's pretty much about it. So, once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night. Whenever you're listening to this, this was Matthew Bailey and... Ricardo Medina. And we are signing off for another episode of BBB Radio. So, to the next one, take care. Stay safe in and out. Peace. Let's get it. Hop off a 16 passenger. This a G5. No, this not a challenger. Big one. I keep some members with me in the fridge. Get coat seats. They some cannibals. Eaters. They like to geek, geek. Drink a whole bottle. Wake up and repeat. Damn. She took a look. Mixed it with the chill out. Now she say she's saying 3D. Wow. I go in the jungle and then got a coat. I bet I come out with a meme. I bet I do this shit for the fam. Cause this shit bigger than me. Big. Color stones in my infinity link. And in the factory masterpiece. I call on twin. Could that be my brother? We got the same roller. He matching me. Nah. For real. Water on me like the sun of sun. Carrot sun pointers. All these commas, I won't fun from me. Go gunners out the junk. We buy it all. Fuck a front of Fuck nigga. Cake on me, no funnel. Who cash? Drop top, feeling like stunner. Drop top. Can't be play no runner. We gon' chrome my wallet. Smoke my pilot. Take three vibe to the trappers. Trappy. Nigga want shit. shit. I was outside just serving narcotics. Payment that stick. Nigga made one wrong move. Just poppy. Poppy. Living on bro.